right, fake nerds, what's up? We're coming at you live and close live. from home. Not oh. far from home, but close from home. Uh, but uh, without another person today. Hey, what up? I'm Sparks Witty, and it's coming. the 150th episode of the Fake Nerd pod- Podcast, number one. Perkcast. Perkcast. Hell yeah, baby, we're all uh, here. I'm here. No, we're not. I'm here with Ryan Eliopoulos. We're almost all here. And <laughs> ben Magnet. I want pictures of Spider Man! And no. Brandon T. McClure. No, he got his wisdom teeth taken out? Yeah. That really scares me because I haven't had that done yet. Have you guys had that done? Not everybody I... needs to. Oh, okay. I thought it was a thing where this had happens eventually. No. no. Sometimes, uh, it, a lot of times it does. But like for mine, I got, because I had braces and a lot of extractions when I was younger. Same. So my uh, doctor said, yeah, your wisdom teeth are going to be fine. They're just going to grow in and you don't have to worry about it. I'm like, cool. One less thing for me to worry about. I had braces for seven years. So like, I don't want any more <laughs> dental problems to be honest. Same here. Ugh, braces. Ugh. Yeah, we all have beautiful teeth now. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful teeth, what's up, guys? Hey, <laughs> how was your beautiful weeks? Uh, beautiful weeks. Yeah. Uh, oh man, what did I? What did I do? What did you do? What Happy birthday, do? America! That's what you did. Oh yeah. I don't need to celebrate them right now. They're during timeout. We all did. We all did Fourth of July activities. Yeah. We sure did. I was at work. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, the the day before that, we saw Spider Man together, though. We did. Which we're talking about this week. I've seen Spider Man a couple times. We watched Hereditary this week. Oh. Again. My favorite movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. That movie still messes me up. Midsommar, which we still have to go see. Yeah. Um, I started Stranger Things. I think you watched all of Stranger Things. I finished it. In one night? Nope. Oh, two two nights, Well, a night and a half. Or, yeah, pretty much two days. 1.5. 1.5. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with 1.5. I finished it. The whole thing. Uh, Just just give me a a good, great, amazing. A lot better than season two. That's all I want to know. Good good to hear. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm three, three in. So three deep, yeah. I'll start it. Probably yeah, this we'll week. we'll we'll do Stranger Things talk in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. at some point. Hey guys, I went into I went in a hot air balloon this week. Oh yeah, you <laughs> did yeah, that. You, yeah, I saw that. What? How? Uh, just my coworker was like, "Hey, my family got these Groupon tickets for a hot air balloon, and my sister can't come. Would you like to spend some money and go into the air real high?" And I was like, "I like doing. I like getting real high. So let's go do that." And that was a lot of fun. Uh, there was free champagne on the blimp. It's not a blimp on the balloon. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That's, nice. that's uh It was really, really pretty. Where was it? Was it out in the Temecula or? Yes, it was Temecula. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know the area uh, until you just until you just said it again. No, that I used. I was my brother was born in that area. Yeah, a lot of so vi- vineyards. I, yeah, a lot I of wine. A, I had a my parents. We used to live down there before we moved up to there to the, my hometown. So right on. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, I got to got to see the whole the whole Chino area, the whole area it was very pretty. Nice. Yeah. A lot of vineyards. Uh, very cool. I, I watched more Krypton. Yeah, yeah. Is Lobo still cool? Lobo is still cool. I, yeah. I, I like Lobo. I um, want to give Lobo a shot. I think I think everybody on that show is pretty pretty successful. I keep really seeing cool. uh like like you know like nerdy websites going like, hey guys, don't sleep on Krypton. Yeah, like multiple websites. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, oh man, that's just another show I have to watch now. And they 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 definitely this season like they already were kind of doing it the last season, but this season they're definitely going like, hey, we don't care if we swear. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. They but won't not, say the but F not, word, but not they won't a, like, say the F word, but they'll say. No, yeah, it's not a, it's not aggressive, but it's like you know, hey, we're on sci-fi. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, people um, swear. Yeah, they don't they don't say the f word, but they but they say pl- plenty of others a lot. Okay, Adam Strange loves his swears. Is he still wearing a baseball cap? Uh, no, not this season. Is he wearing a cool space outfit? No, damn it. He's wearing a. Does a he have fun, a ray gun? He's wearing a fun jacket. Okay, he doesn't have a ray gun yet. Damn it. At All least right. they haven't shown it yet. That's fine. He's still good. Okay. I still enjoy him. Um, yeah, 
That's a that's a solid show. Uh, this isn't directly tied to like this podcast, but uh, we're doing Fake Nerds Watch with Swamp Thing. Yes. I just want to mention, hey guys, Swamp Thing is incredible. Actually, we will be talking about Swamp Thing at one point. Oh, today. that's true. It is. Yeah, yeah more sad news, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the episode five came out, and that was like a barn burner of an episode. A holy, episode six is holy uh, we just haven't crap good episode. Watched it as yeah. of recording this, but we will be watching it soon and doing our Fake Nerds Watch. Heck yeah, yeah discussion def- about it. Definitely. Anything? Uh, anything, Ben? What'd you do? Uh, did I be? I'm trying to remember if I beat Final Fantasy twelve this week or last week. Did I tell you guys? Yes, I think I saw your Instagram. Was that last week? I think, I think that was last. I week. think it was last. I don't week. think that okay. was this week. Because uh, I can't remember when. Because I start. Because I finally beat it. Like I finally sat down. I beat the damn thing. Yeah. And now look I'm, at you beating games, beating yeah. Spider Man, beating Cuphead, beating this. Yeah. Now doing I'm it. going back. I'm jumping back and forth playing Mega Man Eleven and a uh, and a uh, insane trilogy. But besides that, um, the only other thing I did was I just went down yesterday. I went down to San Diego to my buddy's barbecue. San Diego, that's up in the Bay Area. You know what San Diego means? I know exactly what San Diego means. Right, cool. I'm just wondering. It means uh, it's a uh, something in German that I'm not going <laughs> to say right now. You guys should just watch Anchor Man. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was coining that all day yesterday, and then fan was like, "Where is that from?" I'm like, "You know where it's from, honey. <laughs> you know where it's from." <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it, it was a good time. Had a quite a bit of drink. Yeah, yeah, little little hangover. I think. Yeah. I I think. I mean, I was. Ben, do you feel bad? That's how you know if you have a hangover. <laughs> I my body was just kind of like achy when I woke up. Achy breaky so body. I don't, I don't know if that because it's been a long time since I drank that much. Mm-hmm. It's and I didn't get like super blackout drunk. I got to like a really like really nice buzz. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I know where I need to stop. So I I was like, okay, I'm no, gonna stop at this time, and then I'm good. And. Then yeah, the meat the meats were good, delicious, delicious ribs were had, and oh, so good. Baby back ribs, homemade barbecue ribs. sauce. Yeah, chilies. Yeah, it was good times. We're had by all. That's awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I did I realized is I watched all of season one of Big Little Lies this week. Mm. Um, how how big were those my, lies? Because Megan wanted to get around to it. Oh, they're they're big. They're pretty big. Um, yeah, uh, this was an interesting thing because uh, I. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but I was an extra in season two because this filmed mostly in Monterey, mm-hmm. um, which is where we've talked about it. Brandon and I are from, and that's uh, it's a weird experience to watch that show because it's very obvious to me when things are in Monterey and when they are not. And I don't just mean like oh the the like very clear locations. If you live in that town, you know this is Monterey. I mean like when they go to homes, I know if it's a home that they filmed in Monterey or not because of the trees. Mm-hmm. There are types of trees that are there that are not types of trees in LA and types of trees in LA that are definitely not in Monterey. And so it's just very distinguishable to me that I'm like, that's not a real place in Monterey. That's not a real place in Monterey. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's super weird. And like just watching them, it feels like I went back and visited because I saw so many locations I'm so familiar with and I feel like I was just there all of a sudden, which is super weird. Um, kind of how I feel like if I watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend I haven't I haven't seen any of the shows yet, but I know it was a lot of it was um, recorded or West they fil- yeah they filmed in West Covina and right. I would go to West Covina a lot when I was a kid, so I feel that if, like there was a scene I think during one of the big uh, dance numbers they filmed in West Covina over by where the AMC and the Barnes and Noble and Best Buy are at sure yeah so I was like I know where that is it's just like five minutes away from my old house how. Oh, this is weird. Yeah, the first uh, the first time that ever happened to me. I remember it's when I first moved to LA. Yeah, uh, and it, Drive came out, which I believe was like 2011, and uh, I just moved there, right? And I went to uh, I was living in Sherman Oaks, uh-huh. and uh, 
uh, one of the bad guys mentions like, yo, we got to go to the sushi place on Balboa and Sherman Way. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know exactly where that is. Oh my God, <laughs> movies are real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and then living in LA, it's just, you see that all the time now. And you see when it's fake too. Yeah. When they say they're in LA and they're mm-hmm. not in LA. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, like the most, <clears throat> the most standout moment for me watching season one was just there's this part where Shailene Woodley's character is at the beach with her kid and it's this beach called Lover's Point and it's just very obvious to me like they're they're in this very section and I'm like wow I uh I've spent many a time as a moody teenager sitting right on that rock and listening to music whoa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it's it's just weird and like the portrayal of like what Monterey people are are is is ridiculous, but it's like remember it's, it's entertaining uh, for sure. Like when Us came out and like uh, what's the Santa Cruz? Oh like, yeah, yeah. The Santa mm-hmm. Cruz like that's not what that, that threw was. me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very similar experience. I think I think this one hit a little more personal because these are like Santa Cruz was a place I visited. Sometimes this is like the places live. I went and hung out with my friends every day yeah. in high school are the places that they're filming at, and I'm like this is super strange. Uh, Gotham City for the Dark Knight movies is, is, is Chicago uh-huh. and my mom lives in Chicago so I'm like that's yeah. not Gotham uh-huh. that's not the yeah. Gotham Memorial yeah. Hospital yeah. what are you talking about you can't, there are times where I'm watching while I was watching Dark Knight Rises and when uh, Bruce Wayne flies away in the bat for the first time you can see the US Bank building in LA I'm like that's not Gotham yeah, sometimes or you see like the parts of, of like LA or, or not LA you see New York and Chicago and the bridges are exploding it's like I can tell which is which. Yeah, sure. People who don't live there wouldn't know, but like you it, know, growing yeah. up in a major city, like those things just stand out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird experience of just, you know, you you try not to let yourself get taken out of the moment, but you're like, I I know what's up. Yeah. Like yeah. I I know this place and I know what's up. They do this thing. Uh, uh, Megan pointed out a lot is that um in Big Little Lies they they kind of play it that a lot of the characters have to drive over this bridge to go into town, and that's just not true at all. That bridge is like. 30 to 40 minutes south of Monterey it's going towards Big Sur it's the Bixby Bridge and uh, n- nobody has to drive over that unless they're going into Big Sur <laughs> and, but, but constantly and there's one family there is one family who has like a wealthy enough house that looks like it's out there where I'm like I could believe that they have to drive over the Bixby Bridge every but every day but they make it so a lot of characters are doing it I'm like they, they definitely don't all live out there yeah uh, now I don't know a single thing about Big Little Lies except who's in it sure. and that it has a season two. Right? Is it about them covering up a murder? No. Okay, it's, that's what I assume the whole show is about. It is. It is based on a book. Uh, the first season, anyway. I is it a big the, or a I little the book? The second season. It's a. It's a your average size book. Average like size lies. Okay. Yeah. Um, like you know, four hundred, five hundred pages. I just wanted to make a size joke. Um, it's based around. It's actually surprisingly based around these women and their relationships to each other but it's very much also interconnected with the fact that they know each other because all their kids are in school together and it's actually kind of about what happens between them because of what's happening with their kids is it a dark show like i just don't know what it is i wouldn't call it i I guess it's a drama like it's a drama okay um do you think i'd like it yes i do think because bottom line like it's not your your type of genre piece but the Actors are giving some incredible performances. That, I'm um, about that too. Adam though. Scott is awesome in it. I love Adam Scott. Uh, he plays Reese Witherspoon's husband. Um, she's incredible in it. Nicole Kidman's incredible in it. Shailene Woodley's incredible in it. Uh, Laura Dern is fantastic. In I just it. want to watch it for Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, Laura Dern is fantastic in it. She has some incredible scenes. Um, and Alexander Skarsgård plays Nicole Kidman's, Kidman's husband, and he's fantastic in it. Um, so for that alone, and I mean, like, it's a seven episode season. Like oh, you can just, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, seven oh. episodes, and you can just kind of you can kind of pump that out. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to watch season two because it's just excellent. M- Meryl Streep's in it now. Meryl Streep's in season two. I haven't seen who she's playing yet, Gotta but I have watch a, it. I have an idea of who I think she is. 
it's Cher's daughter. It, I will say, okay, so because this isn't spoilery, this is right off the top of the first episode. Um, you are watching the buildup to somebody got murdered, and the whole season you're wondering kind of what are the circumstances because they kind of show you how all the interconnections. Oh, Zoe Kravitz is in it too, and she's also really good. I forgot she's the other main lady. She's um, the other lie. Yeah, uh, there. It's all kind of like you're hearing about the tangential people connected to the main characters talking about like the details leading up to it. And that's filling in the blanks while you actually see real flashbacks of what that was happening. And so you get like the gossip version, which is over exaggerated in a lot of cases and not accurate. And then what really happened and you're kind of seeing how that's painting the picture um, because everybody who's like gossipy around them is trying to like clearly point the story in a particular direction. Mm. But if you're seeing the real facts, you can you understand that there's so much more than what the gossip characters are saying is going on. Gossip girl. And that's that's kind of how the show progresses through the season is you're constantly getting that as you're catching up to what the first episode starts at with uh, you don't know who's dead, you don't know who was involved, you don't know who's alive. This sounds like, and it's not, but it sounds like, do you remember Hannibal when Hannibal opens? Yes, with season like, two? Yeah. Where you're heading to season two? Yes, it is that a lot sounds like, that, like that. But you still... But we at least knew in season two of Hannibal who was involved yeah. by the time you got to that point. You don't. They in the first episode they give you a very clear indication of you hear a main character breathing. There are firemen talking to them. You know it's a female character, but there's a lot of female main characters. Mm-hmm. But you do not see any of the key main characters in the opening of the episode. You just see detectives around the scene. You you understand that there was a murder, and you understand that the circumstances are based around this group of characters. But you do not know who was involved in what way. Interesting, which I think is really clever, and so it's it's well put together. Yeah, man, I have a uh, I've heard good things, but you know you know how it is too many shows. Yeah, but yeah. knowing that it's only seven episodes, like I can get through that. Yeah, that's that's part of what made it such an easy undertaking. Once we started, we talked about it, and it's like, yeah, let's do that because I also kind of want to watch season two just to see like if where, you show up where I sh- might have shown up. In hey, it. look, it's me. <laughs> uh, I know I know my scene wasn't the scene I'm in was not cut from the show. I just don't know that I actually physically appeared on the camera when it gotcha. happened. Well, we'll find out in yeah. season two of Big Little Lies. Yeah. still be cool if it's like, hey, look, there's sparks. I got paid yeah. to be in the show. Basically. Uh, I played more Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, and that's awesome. I played a lot of that. Uh, How are you loving it? It's it's uh, it's fan- it's really, truly fantastic. Like, when I think of video games, like, it's the video game I want. It doesn't hold you. Man, this is, it does not hold your hand, which mm-hmm. is what I want. Like there are so many things where I'm just like, you're just gonna have to figure out what the hell this means, my man. It doesn't tell you what. It doesn't tell you how to do it. Just what to do. Like, then... there's like a bunch of shrines, and it gives you. There's like a bunch of shrine quests, and they're all puzzles. And let me tell you, there's this guy named Cass. He's a bird man, oh, and yeah. he has a harm, and he has a, a, a the accordion. The accordion, dude. And he I just love flies around. And every time I show up to a new place, he's already there, and he's singing a song. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to hear the the song of the valley, or the song of the Gerudos, or the song of these people?" And I'm like, "Of course I do, Cass. I just spent 20 minutes climbing this fucking tower. I would love to hear your song. I love you." <laughs> just just wait till you get closer to the end of the game. He has a specific. I'm sorry, I swore. I just realized. No, he has a specific quest for you. And he tells you about his teacher, and it's kind of heartbreaking. I'm and it's sad. really, really beautiful. Like, and you're like, oh. Like the the, uh, the Gerudo Tower, Ben, that's like the super, super, super tall one, right? Uh-huh. And you have to climb all the way up, and it takes such a long time. And then when I finally get there. Oh, you got to the desert? The yeah. Gerudo Desert? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I skip all. I, I'm a hard man. I play Dark Souls. <laughs> I get to the very top of that tower, and then that bird man is just up there. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm glad to see you up here. And I'm like, I just went through hell, and I'm so glad you're here, bird man. <laughs> 
and it's just it's just like a nice relief every like couple hours to see this bird man so um have you done any of the divine beasts yet or no, no i i uh i went to the the weird fish people with the prince who, who zora likes, zora who loves to sh- who loves to uh, uh flex he's, yeah he's really cool and he's a weird handsome monster man no, like a him. lot of people have seen him and they're yeah. like he's oh super my. handsome like i get he it is. He's, he's the brad a... pitt of the zelda universe he is um i have to collect a bunch of shock arrows and i died fighting that monster oh so okay, okay the lionel I don't want to do that anymore. No, don't fight him yet. Oh, but I need to get just, shot yeah, arrows. Just get the shock arrows and get out. All right. Just you have to be sneaky. This here, this is what I did. Hints. You just have to be sneaky. Okay. Just be sneaky about right. it. If the lino comes after you, just jump off okay. and fly away. Hey, I got a, I got an outfit that lets me uh, swim up waterfalls. Yeah, that's pretty and sweet. The first time I did that, you like swim like a fish, uh-huh. and like you and you jump in the air and you glide down. I'm like, oh my god, this game's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh That's it. That's my breath yeah. of the wild. Later update. on, you'll be able to fight lionels and. Those are boss fights. Those are straight no, up yeah. boss fights. It's the first time where I'm like, this game is really hard right now. I maybe I shouldn't fight him yet. No, you will die. Like Dark Souls instincts. So I'm like, I could do it, but I can't. But I can't. <sighs> Man, I want to. I want to watch you play this game so bad. I it's. Maybe. I just. I know we have other stuff we need to do, but there are times where I'm just like, where I'm here, like listening to you talk about Breath of the Wild. I'm like, man, I just want. Sit there and enjoy watching you go through this for the first time. It gives time. me like, like, like wonder, like that, like games just don't really do. Because like, like, like again, like I think of Assassin's Creed, and Assassin's Creed has a trillion things on the map, so many collectibles, and this game does too. But it doesn't tell you about any of them. You just have to discover them and find yeah. them for yourself. That's like and Assassin's the- Creed. It's like here's just a thousand checklists. And I'm like, this is so daunting. Whereas yeah. Breath of the Wild is just like. Do what you want. Uh-huh. Do what you want. You, you don't that? even have to fight anything if you don't want to. Just go straight to Ganon. You're going to lose, but you can. It's like, hey, you see that mountain? You can climb it. You see that valley? You can cross but it. But the thing is, like, so many games have made that promise, but this is truly like the first game where I feel like, hey, you see that mountain? You really can climb that mountain. It's going to take a long time, but you, if you want to do it, you, you can, can do go it. up that mountain. There's nothing up there, but if you want to do is, it, do it. Or is there? Not usually. <laughs> a Kor- there's a Korok. Yes. You okay. lift up the rock and the Korok pops Are up. Are there and gives actually you Kor- 999 of those fuckers? There's only 900. Yeah. Okay, but if it makes you... 900. You're on notice, by the way. You're at two I'm sorry. F-bombs already. I'm sorry. I'm on notice. <laughs> we are not recording Fake Nerds Watch. Sorry. Watch but, yourself. <laughs> but if it makes you feel better, you only need about 450 or 420 of those seeds to max oh, out. Oh, I only need 420? <laughs> <You> <laughs> to max it. out. You, you said um, it, baby. Yeah, I assume you did there. To max out your inventory. Okay. That's so And many. even then, as... The in, your inventory it does help, but it's one of those things that if I'm you're at like fifty and I'm already like well, yeah, boy. if you're a completionist, it's gonna piss you off. But I'm not gonna complete this game. There's no way. No, don't do it. All right. Uh, one last thing I just remembered um, b- before we jump into our bread and butter. Uh, Downright Nerdy Podcast. I won their giveaway recently for oh, the yeah. Thrawn trilogy graphic novel. Uh, they do awesome giveaways all the time. They sent quite the Star Wars care package. Um, they sent the graphic novel. They sent a lovely note uh, talking about how. We were one of the shows that inspired them to start the podcast and how great it's been that we've formed this community uh, speaking with them. And, and honestly, the people that they've brought along, like um, Geek Fine Art, who uh, you can find on Instagram. his One of his prints for Chewbacca was also included in this package, which mm-hmm. I think is excellent, and everyone should go check him out. Uh, he also included some extra Star Wars comics and a Thrawn figure set. So all, nice. all the love to Downright Nerdy, all the love to Geek Fine Art. They are wonderful folks. Uh, go check them out, and I look forward to our eventual takedown of Downright Nerdy on our Star Wars discussion. You're um, breathtaking. Yeah. Until so, Star Wars. Uh, shall we go into our bread and butter for the day, guys? I'm yeah. hungry. I'm hungry for it. Cool. Let's do it. And here is your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay. Not in my ear. Thank you. 
All right, so stepping into our bread and butter, here we go. Uh, let's start off with some sad news. Last night, actor Cameron Boyce from Disney died at 20 years old. He died in his sleep. Wow. Uh, Cameron Boyce is an actor from The Descendants. He played Cruella DeVille's son on that. He started out uh, at nine years old is when he started acting. He was Jake of Jake and the Neverland Pirates. He was on Jesse and many other projects with Disney, a lot of Disney-focused stuff. He suffered a seizure, a result of an ongoing medical condition for which he was being treated. Um, he also, to connect it to our nerd stuff, he appeared on two separate Spider-Man animated shows. He was on Ultimate Spider-Man as his character from the Jesse Disney Channel show. He also was on the most recent uh, Spider-Man animated series as Herman Schultz, the Shocker. Was he, that Ultimate Spider-Man show, was that was like the crossover episode where like a whole bunch of people went to like... Did you, did you watch yes. this episode? Yeah, they went to like uh, no, a I didn't watch it, but I'm, I'm I think I watched this episode. I think and that I, was it. I've never seen anything with those guys, but that was a really yeah, fun yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also Adam Sandler's son in Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2, and uh, Adam Sandler had a whole lot of nice things to say about him today. Uh, very sad that he passed at such a young age, and, and that's why I felt like touching on is just, uh, you know, he was tangentially connected to some nerd stuff, but um, he's he's been pretty well known on the Disney circuit for a while, and uh, this is shocking to have somebody pass at 20 years yeah, old man. like that yeah. in their sleep. It's, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, I woke up to this news this morning that someone yeah. was sharing, and I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, uh, that was nuts. I'm not familiar familiar with his work, but uh, the the outpouring I've seen of a lot of like like uh, we're not that much older than him, but right. like the younger generation who like watched all his shows and stuff. Exactly. Like, uh, he was like a really like I watched some videos of him today. Like he's a really like high spirited, fun guy. And I'm he like, was. Like, uh, nobody like of course no matter what you do like nobody should go out that young man. Uh, yeah, a large it's body a of his work is not something that was made for for me. But having uh, nieces and nephews, I have watched. Um, some of these things I've seen both the descendant films and and stuff like that and he's talented uh he was very very talented I'm doing some and sick dance moves yeah, yeah he yeah. he was capable of a lot and this is uh this is just sad in general so yeah, I wanted to touch on that that's a yeah. shame yeah yeah uh moving on to some other not as sad but sad news Mad Magazine is dead like straight dead Gone. Absolutely dead. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. DC Comics will keep the trademarks around via anthologies and retread editions, but it's time. Like reprints and stuff. Yeah. It's time as a current magazine that is a form of periodical satire is officially over. Yeah. Uh, this is not. I'm not really shocked. Terribly shocking I'm because shocked. I think um, the thing that Mad Magazine did so much was be an outlet for like kids to kind of uh, have humor that was targeting the things that were in pop culture at the time and now the internet is not only a platform where they can see that, but where they can make that. Yeah. Uh, so this has this is kind of unex, uh, not unexpected, but it is sad. Even I checked out Mad Magazine for its time, and, and this is... A I watched Mad TV all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but like... It's spy inspired. versus Spy? Spy versus Spy is great. That was one of my favorite things. Uh, there's a whole lot of outpourings of people sharing some of their favorite pop culture comics and I always thought those were good where they uh, kind of like do little snippets of like what you'd see in the newspaper but it was mocking something like Star Wars or X-Men or, or whatever I remember what was his name Alfred E. Newman that's the mascot's name yeah Alfred E. Newman yeah I think I saw I think I had the X-Men 3 issue of Mad Magazine where they just kind of like tore the movie apart in a s satirical way throughout the, the issue and it was pretty good um, yeah it's it's weird to be at this point uh just to recognize that something like this has has died. It's not unexpected, yeah. but it is uh like honestly like our unfortunate. Like, people our age don't first of all, we don't read magazines. Second of all, like a lot of 
I don't know anyone who reads a Mad Magazine. I don't even know the last time I saw one in a store. Exactly. Like again, it's just like one of those things that's like. It, all these magazines are eventually kind of going to And go. I mean, like, in our in our lifetime, I think Mad was already very quickly heading out the on its way out yeah. for our a, a lot of our growing up. But I've watched a whole lot of people who, like, this was, you know, for kids when Star Trek was on television and things like that. And I, what a historical piece it was for so many kids. And it's it's crazy that something like that is gone. I, I do think that's a little nuts that it... It's unfortunate that there was no clear way for it to evolve into something that would grab youth today honestly, and, like, and connect with like, them. Are you going to do like like mad like dot com and this would be a website? Because like there are thousands of those websites already that are really big. Uh, I think I think the direction that I kind of wish Mad Magazine could have gone in is uh, still have pop culture stuff, but have been a way to like also represent um, politics like it used to do in the mid eighties. Yeah, and then it I was going to say it, like the it dropped it heading into the nineties, like but onion. if like uh, but if a lot of youth could have connected with that, um, I think that is I think it was a useful thing that can bridge a lot of gaps for young people to kind of be more aware or like get them interested in wanting to know more about stories like actual news current events yeah. stories through like, like reading it in mag magazine in a humorous way like a daily show yeah like educational uh, but uh funny too yeah yeah and uh it, it's sad that 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 as an outlet will no longer exist it's a true shame it's a, it was 67 years yeah if only lasted two more years jeez oh, nice yeah <laughs> um so uh, we're kind of covering some of the biggest news from this week. Those were our, um, two of the most recent. Uh, also, Halle Bailey was cast as Ariel. Not Halle Berry. Halle Bailey. Poor Halle Berry. Getting yep. a lot of tweets. Of, uh, Chloe Halle, you're too Halle. old to be to be Little, little Mermaid. What's going on, Halle That's Berry? That's not her. I'm, to be, truth be told, I did see, I did read it as Halle Berry, even though it's not. I had to like reread five times. Like it's not Barry, it's Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, yeah. That was that was kind of nuts. Yeah, Catwoman is not uh, Ariel. Uh, I'm gonna go through what what exactly happened, and then we can talk about like how the Halle Bailey and uh, everyone else casting it is happening. What's happening right now? It's just making noises. I don't know, Doug. We're fine. Okay. Do 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 do. All right. Uh, so. Halle Bailey was cast, and uh, along with that announcement, so comes uh, J Jacob Tremblay, who's of uh, Room, The Predator, Wonder, and the upcoming Good Boys and Doctor Sleep. He's playing the voice of wow. Flounder, and Aquafina is playing Scuttle. Cool. In the Rob Marshall-directed film, Melissa McCarthy remains only in talks to play her, so that's not official yet. Get her out. Um, <laughs> I think Aquafina as Scuttle is the most inspired casting I've heard of in uh, these live action adaptations personally I, I think that in every way will be better than the original <laughs> yeah so I'm I mean all to be fair it. I don't know how uh, it's not a high bar it's like a side character that I barely remember uh, if you've if you watch Scuttle Scuttle is uh, is pretty present in the film and is yeah. in at in my opinion has become a grading character um, I could see where Aquafina could make that super enjoyable but uh, yes the core part of it is the fact that Halle Bailey has been cast as Ariel which obviously the internet blew up over um either with racists saying this is terrible or people saying you're racist and that's terrible um a lot of terrible and in general i think just people all freaking out a little too much about a fictional creature yeah yeah well that's that's the world we live in unfortunately uh, yeah uh do you have any more thoughts on that ben no i think that's already been said okay. i'm i saw on your uh brian your facebook thing for a hot second of you talking to a gentleman who i i'm not gonna name this person where it was like Dude, no. Dude, no. I, that was a fun conversation. And yeah, even Fanny read it. She's like, "Wow, this guy is like dumb." 
I mean, just when people bitch about, oh, they, we can scientifically prove that mermaids can't be black, it's like, it's a literal fictional hey, also, hey, if mythological if creature. Uh, if you're doing off the Danish, the Danish uh, uh, original, whatever, hey, black people can be Danish too. Crazy. No one, it's no so one. crazy to think, I know. These things don't exist. Yeah. They don't exist. Yeah. You know There's, what does exist though? Uh, great tunes, great music. Yeah. Is this the one that's Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah, uh, he's, I think. Or he's is doing that the it. other one that's not Disney? I, I'm not sure. I want to say he's part of this. One, I could I think, swore I, I think I, he's tweeted about I it. I could swore I went because I did read an article about the casting. Yeah. That Lin Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken are going to be doing um, right. music for the Little Mermaid remake. That's yeah. very possible. I'm yeah. not 100. percent So. Yeah. But. But. Uh, I don't. I don't even think like that's. All of this is just hey, this is cool. Like it's, there's no, there's nothing more. To I just like really... that. Like hey, man, it's another another live action remake happening. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, and one that seems like it it'll be good in its own way. I think I think Little Mermaid is more due for this than a lot of the others, in my opinion. I've always even like Aquaman kind of satisfied this a bit, but even before Aquaman came out, I was like, what would a whole live action movie look like underwater? Avatar two, no, no, uh, and uh, uh, Aquaman kind of satisfied that, but I am, I am interested to see the Little Mermaid do it as well. Yeah, um, shining, shimmering, splendid. Yeah, that that's uh, that's Aladdin. Yeah, but I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> that is that's Mulan. We'll get there later. We'll get, yeah, we'll focus. Get, that's don't even uh, just stop. I I'm I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. This is this I, is one I've been interested in I'm for just, a while. I just Hercules, baby. This is all I want. I'm just every oh, day I'm waiting for Hercules I, news. I remember. So I remember a point of because something that bothered me is a whole lot of the guys who people who are hating on this are are men, and I'll put it this way. Uh, Shocking. I, no, no, no. What the the point that <clears throat> I remember specifically being in um, the second grade and drawing a picture of Ariel. The Little Mermaid and everything, and getting like so lambasted by all my classmates for liking The Little Mermaid enough to draw it, uh, that that actually steered me away from publicly acknowledging that I like Disney stuff for a long time. I didn't come to reckon with that until a while ago, uh, that that was where that turning point happened, and that I I kept liking Disney things, but I didn't talk about it anymore. Uh, And the fact that we're now at a point where like all these guys are like, oh man, yeah, but they're ruining my Ariel, and I'm like, what? What happened? What, what happened? This is nuts. Hey. Can't can't we all just be happy that we that we all like it? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. It's it's not a childhood thing. It's a race thing. I know. I don't want to. I don't want to no, spoil it. No, no, I know. It's, but yeah. but it's just, it's ridiculous. No, it, I agree. It's it's ridiculous. The people getting up in arms about this, and I'm like, you probably don't even like really care. Come on now. <laughs> Again, the conversation I had on my Facebook with that guy, uh-huh. he's like, listen, I don't really care, but I'm going to argue about it but this I'm entire gonna, time. But like, I'm going to... Oh, but you don't if, really care. If you don't care, then don't argue about yeah, it. Yeah. But it's taking away white power. Anyway. Like, here, anyway. My reaction when I found out that Halle Bailey was was uh, cast as Little Mermaid. Neat. That's it. I, I watched the video of her singing. I'm like, okay, she's a singer. That's all I need to know. Cool. Yeah. Can she act? We'll find out. Neat. Yeah. She's uh, she's on... Um, is it Goodish? I think? Is the show she's on? Oh, is that the, the, the Blackish spinoff? Uh, or mixish, I don't know. It's a show with Ish. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's not right. a show I'm watching, probably. Uh, yeah, while I'm doing that, is. we'll move yeah. on to the other big news that happened this week, which is the Walking Dead comic ended. Yeah, that's awesome. It's very surprising. Uh, it How ended many? at issue 193. 
It ended without ceremony or pageantry leading up to it. There was no big announcement about this is the final issue until about two days before it dropped. Yep. Uh, Robert Kirkman and Image Comics came forward and uh, released their own statement saying that uh, um, 193 was going to be the end of the series and bring it, bring it close to the story Kirkman began over 15 years ago. Uh, the solicitations for 194 and 195 were then canceled. Yeah, they, they they said more books were coming out, and they were like, psych, those are fake. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is, uh, this is I, I think this is great. That's fine. That's done? Well, not to, well, that is, he ended on his, not to on, say on that his it, terms. Yeah, not to say that's finally over, because Walking Dead is one of those books where, um, be, I want to say because the show, everyone knows about it. Grown-ish is what I meant to say. Grown-ish. Not oh, okay. There you go. Okay. I kept putting a G in there. And <laughs> she was also in Wrinkle in Time. Oh, no, she's just on the soundtrack, sorry. But she's in Grown-ish. Gotcha. So... She has some acting chops for sure. All right, cool. Anyway, Walking Dead, go on. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? But just having it end with Will Robert Kirkman saying straight up, like, "No, this is me ending my story," is good for him. Like, really good, good for him because I feel like something of The Walking Dead, we would have heard like some big pageantries. There would be like the final issue, issue two hundred. Whoa, right. yeah, 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 the yeah. final issue, The Walking Dead. There's never gonna be any more Walking Dead after this, and then. Some poor schmuck gets this last issue. They read it. They get to the end of it, and they go, "Wait, what? This is the end? This is the end?" Yeah, uh, it's so much more impactful when you don't know that it, that it's actually ending because yeah. you know you're on issue one ninety five. Like you don't you don't think it's going to end anytime soon because they haven't announced it. Sure. So you, if you don't read the news and you just go to pick this comic up, and then it is the final issue, that's really impactful and that's really profound. I think, and it's super cool that again, there's no pageantry. There's no like we're gonna make this big thing like issue one hundred. Someone's gonna die. And you're never gonna believe it. And like it was Glenn. Like we yeah, this, they they made a big thing about someone dying. They were just like, hey, our book's ending. And they didn't push it to a hey, our book's ending. A big deal number or anything yeah. like that. They were just like one ninety three. That's yeah. where it ended. This is a yeah, uh, Rick. Uh, uh, well, no. Do, do, do people Kirk- care? Robert, people, I think, Robert Kirkman. I, I, no, I know his Ben. I know his name. I'm talking about. I mean, like Rick people, from the I feel like oh, it was. Okay. I feel like it was all over the news. I feel like we can say. Yeah. It. So I'm just gonna say it because yeah, yeah. uh, Rick died in the comics, the main yeah, yeah, character, yeah. and then the next issue, the, the comic ends, and he's like, and so this was Robert Kirkman going, "Hey, it was Rick's story all along," and I'm like, "That's really cool." So like, people trying to take away what people thought the book was about. No, this has always been about Rick. Right. That's that's why when he dies, the book ends. Right, like that makes sense. Cool, it's cool. One one more mega issue of what life is like after Rick, and that's it. And uh, now that the comic is actually over, we'll see what the hell the show does. Because this show is getting a second spinoff. I mean, a the show movies. the show was already, I think, going in a different direction anyway because they took Rick off the show, so they were already making it a different story. That's what I mean. Anyway. Like they're they're still on the trajectory of the regular comics, but now their main character is gone. So I'm like they. Could this extend way longer than anyone wants to, or are they going to now end it somewhat earlier than we think? Maybe I think that they'll keep try and keep the show going until the show doesn't have the ratings to justify it anymore, which <sighs> hasn't happened yet. I, was gonna say, man, I don't really? because really? I don't wow. think I don't think uh, I don't think that they they feel beholden to the comic story. I don't think they have for a while. Uh, I think the end of the Negan stuff kind of put them on the path of like we're, we're going our own way but I mean the Whisperers is still was the next the Whisperers, story I'm not saying like yeah. things from the comics won't be pulled over but that they have to follow the beats I don't think they feel beholden to that anymore yeah um, I think they've definitely moved away from it to be it. honest like I, I haven't watched The Walking Dead in like two seasons so for, I don't, I don't even sure. care for sure yeah um, except you kind of want to see The Whisperers not, not clearly enough to watch it <laughs> right yeah yeah well like, not amongst everything else yeah. that's out yeah and uh, yeah. I am wanting to catch up to the comics I do like the comics 
I'm behind. Yeah, the but comics I, have always wanna, been quality. But I want to get to the end of it. Now that there's an end, I think it's going to be a lot easier for me to feel like, okay, I can I can dig in and, and yeah. do this. Um, because I know I'm heading for, I'm only for like, a very clear ending. It always kind of felt like, because this comic had been going for a long time, it felt like, who knows when this is over. Yeah. Um, and, and now it is. Uh, and that's awesome. It's, man, besides Spawn, it's like one of the longest running comics that's fine that's ending. That's props, a shame. Props to Image Comics for also not feeling like they need to continue it with a different writer. Or, they, like re, or relaunch it. Right, or anything like that. They're like, no, this is over. This is where Kirkman wants to stop. This is where it's They got stopped. 15 years. They don't need their... Yeah. That being said, nobody said that there won't be spinoff oh, titles, but the you... official Walking Dead is done. Do you have any Marvel Comics news by any chance? Not at the moment. Because Marvel Com- Marvel Zombies got announced this week. Oh, okay. Yes. So Marvel Zombies is coming back this October. Funny story. CNN wrote... Wow, Marvel closes a door on The Walking Dead and opens another door with Marvel Zombies. That's crazy how they do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, C- oh, CNN wrote this? Yes. Hey, CNN, <sighs> that's different. You don't know nothing about comics. No, yeah. they don't. Uh, but I think it's cool. I wonder if Robert Kirkman's going to write that. <laughs> Probably not. Because he wrote the original Marvel Zombies. Oh, he did? Right. Yes. Okay. That's, that why, did not that's know. why he wrote The Walking Dead, because he loves zombies, my man. All right. He's a big horror Well, guy. I figured he'd like the zombies because he wrote Walking Dead. I didn't know he wrote Marvel Zombies. I'm pretty sure he wrote Marvel Zombies first. He didn't write the issues that introduced them, though, right? The Ultimate Fantastic Four issues that introduced no, them? No, he just right. wrote the, the first Marvel Zombies. Yeah, 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 which was the carryover from that. Yeah. Got it. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, well, well zombie talk. It's cool. Um, I'm, I, like I said, I'm just glad you know he ended it on his terms. It's done. Um, there may be more Walking Dead comic stuff in the future, but it will not be the official, like, the title, The Walking Dead, it'll be some other tangent. This is done. I would love... Fear The Walking Dead, the I would comics. I just love, honestly, if they just shelved the entire thing. This, the Walking Dead lasted 15 years. It had almost 200 issues. Oh, it did have over 200 issues, because there was, like, one-offs and one-shots of, like, Michonne sure. and the yeah. governor. Mm-hmm. So that's an over 200-issue run. Let it be. I don't think. Let it be. I don't think that they... My impression has been from Image Comics' statement. I don't think they feel any need to push out more of The Walking Dead right now. They're doing fine. They have, pl- they have a they thousand books. Yeah, they don't need uh, The Walking Dead shoved out. I, I do think that there is room down the road at any time for Kirkman or Image to return to that world. Um, I, I think that would be long after the TV shows have stopped that they would yeah. even consider I, it. I, the only thing I would want is like like a Jonathan Hickman situation where like he, he finishes his book, he leaves for five years, and then he just comes back. And he's the only one who, who I'd be, can touch I'd it. I'd be all for Kirkman like wanting to pick up a comic 10 years down the road that takes place like years years past wherever he decided to end it dude have Carl be Rick's I'd be way into it I'd be way into that yeah yeah. as long as Kirkman's writing the comic I'm willing to come back that's basically how I feel because I think he did create something really special with it Um, and uh, his basis had always been that The Walking Dead is is the zombie movie that doesn't end and uh, I haven't read it, obviously, but I do get the implication that it's still like there. There is nothing in there that says, "Hey, the world is fixed now." No, that that's not the conclusion you get from his final issue, though. There it's is just a, a the end of end this person's story. Uh, it, it, kind of in a sense, I what I have is a sense that it's the end of like many people's narratives that you've been following, but not necessarily the end of the the overall narrative of what's yeah. happening in the world. Um. Anyway, we'll move on. A uh, couple of other comics gems: uh, Ruby and Genlock. Um, gem lock, gen lock. No, I no. I'm messing with you. Okay, <laughs> you got you guys are so gullible. I swear. Sometimes, sometimes it's, we're not sure if it's <laughs> no, just like yeah. we're not speaking because I heard no, you no, say no. Gem- podcast, so we be- have to be- no, I because no, I, I heard you say gem. Lock. No, I did because he said this is another gem. 
This oh. class sounds like a gem. DC Comics has revealed new details regarding the upcoming tiles based on Rooster Teeth, Rooster Teeth shows, see, Ruby and Genlock, which were first announced at New York Comic Con last year. DC's Ruby will be helmed by writer Mar- Margaret Bennett of Batwoman and DC Bombshells alongside artist Mirka Andolfo from Hexwives and Wonder Woman, yeah. and Arif Prianto from Deathstroke. The comic takes place in the world of Remnant and will naturally follow the show's main prote- protagonist. Meanwhile, tackling the war-torn world of Rooster Teeth's Genlock for DC will be writers Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing from Nightwing and Gotham City Garage and artist Carlo Barbary uh, of Green Lanterns and Adventures of Super Sons. The comics will follow the star-studded show's premise of a team of pilots recruited by Earth's last free society c- to control the next generation of giant weaponized mechs. Um, I have never been pulled over to Ruby at all. That's uh, that's just not something. I don't that's know anything about attention. either of these. Uh, Ruby's very much a. Um, uh, it's an anime. No, I mean I know it, what it is. I just never watched. it. Okay, uh, Genlock actually has gotten my interest and everything. This is the anime, the mech anime with Michael B. Jordan attached, and uh, it has a lot of like. Now, is he the actual star, or is he with Michael B. Jordan? And he's in it for three minutes. He is a main character. Okay. I don't think he's the star. Okay. Um. It's it's from what I understand it is very much a team show, not a one person is the main character show. Gotcha. And uh, the one thing that's made me want to watch Genlock is from what I understand it's very body imagery uh, metaphor through the fact that like uh, not only are they people who pilot mechs and what that means for them, but the you have the ability to augment yourself and what that means in a way that it actually it's it sounds like it's doing what I wish the Ghost in the Shell live action movie would have done, which is address like if you can define your perfect self, where does that lie in what you think of your body and uh, how that can relate metaphorically to the idea of people who feel like they're in the wrong body or are trans uh, uh, trans uh, things like that. And the show seems to be tackling those things, not always as well as people would like. But they are doing it, um, and I'm pretty into that. Yeah. So it's cool that they're getting these DC Comics teams for it. They're oh. actually getting like actual comic artists, or like yes. they're actually putting actual faith behind and, the stuff. And writers, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant, yeah, the whole team, yeah. Yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like this is just, uh, oh, we want a comic like of the show. Cash grab, yeah. feels like they're actually putting some effort into it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruby's my, my one of my favorite shows. I love that show. I've been <clears> watching it um, ever since like, I got hooked on it. I've been paying close attention to it. I've been buying the anthology mangas for it. So hearing that there's going to be um, a book, I don't know if it, we, we don't know if it's going to be a tie-in or if it's going to be its own thing, right? Uh, from what it appears that these are canon yeah. to like the show's history. Uh, I don't know Even where better. Ruby's falls. I believe Genlock takes place prior to the show's beginning. Because okay. Genlock, I remember seeing advertising for that and I want to watch it. I just haven't yet. Sure. But, Ru- but hearing um, Ruby... I'm just I'm down for more Ruby. Yeah. We're gonna get volume that's seven. Awesome. We're gonna get volume seven in November. I, that's the one thing about Rooster Teeth that I love and hate is like okay they have a set schedule we're gonna get these shows but I have to wait so damn long until the new volume or new season comes out. Yeah, man, quality takes time. It does. It does, especially in Ruby's case because every year that budget just keeps getting better. Right. And you um, got and they're like Rooster Teeth like. They made like red versus blue. Like they're not yeah. Sony pictures. No, they're, they're like not. a small studio in Austin. Hell, like, <laughs> Ruby. Um, I believe from your friend uh, Xander who told me that um, Ruby was Monty Ohm's pet project. Yes, that mm-hmm. he did on a shoestring budget. Yep, mm-hmm. and then it blew up. And then as the seasons went on, even after Monty passed away, it just kept getting better and better and better animation wise. Yes, uh, the the anime of Ruby has evolved quite a lot, and Genlock oh, yeah. is considered like a straight up just a strong anime series of its own mm-hmm. right, which is impressive that they've gotten that far. Heck yeah! yeah. Like I, I'm about to say, after 
volume six of Ruby, the volume that just came out, the fight choreography is just mind blowing. It's so good in that series. It's so good. And it just awesome. keeps getting better and better, which just, yes, makes me happy. Uh, moving on, following up on our breaking news last week, Netflix confirmed in a press release that Alan Heinberg of uh, Wonder Woman, the film, has been brought on to serve as writer, executive producer, and showrunner on The Sandman. Additionally, the release confirms Gaiman will write and executive produce alongside David S. Goyer. Netflix revealed that 10 episodes of The Sandman have been ordered, plus an additional episode. Moreover, the first episode will be co-written by the trio of Gaiman, Heinberg, and Goyer. Gaiman clarified after all this that no scripts for the television series have been written yet, nor that he and Goyer had ever worked on a planned cinematic adaptation of the long-running comic book series, which was instead penned by Jack Thorne four years ago when Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached to the project. Mm -hmm. He also confirmed that the first season will be 11 episodes in total, uh, and that it would be an adaptation of the first story arc, Preludes and Nocturnes, rather than the entire series, albeit updated for modern-day audiences uh, rather than being a complete reinterpretation of the series. Um, he did make it very clear that they are stepping it into 30 years later in its time period, but still the same story. Almost like a child's play? Same story, but like a modern twist? Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's pretty yeah. accurate. Um, so yeah, some some new information about Sandman. Sounds oh. cool. Yeah, All dude, right. I'm, I'm anything gaming related, I'm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In uh, related Netflix news, Lock and Key, which has been in development for almost a decade, uh, Netflix adaptation of Lock and Key is seems to be moving forward pretty well. Um, it's coming to its end of principal photography very soon. Uh, another major cast member has just been confirmed. On Twitter, 17-year-old autistic actor Cody Bird announced he will be playing the role of Rufus Whedon, who is presented in the comic book source material as a neurodivergent character. Um, this is awesome, both because we're getting new casting announcements and also because they've cast an autistic actor yeah. for this role, which is really cool. Uh, this isn't like any indication of the quality of the show, uh, but Game of Thrones pilot was reshot because it was bad. And then look how good Game of Thrones turned out. Right. So this makes me just like they 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 didn't they didn't have what they had first. They excuse me. They didn't have the quality they wanted at first. They're like, right. we believe in this product enough. We're going to try to do it again. And it looks like now they finally found what they were looking for. Uh, and they're still casting people, and I'm like, I'm so excited for this show because this is, I love this comic. This is such a cool comic. Ben, you look super sleepy. You look no, super sleepy. I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm just really excited. Uh, you know, Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son, yes. best mm -hmm. friend. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I is this I've been following that this Amazon has been Netflix? To be, this is Netflix. Netflix. I've been following that this has been trying to take off for a while, and uh, th I think this is really awesome. I have a. Um, there's a friend of mine who is an actor here in L.A. She's also autistic. She is uh, about to be in a show on Freeform where she is playing an autistic character. So right um, she's been out there championing that, you know, like just because they're on the spectrum doesn't mean they can't be actors. And uh, this is another great example of that. So I'm into awesome. it. Heck yeah. Uh, Netflix had further announcements about Pacific Rim. Legendary Entertainment revealed that the Pacific Rim animated series will launch on Netflix next year and will initially run for two seasons. Uh, the series will tell the story of two siblings who pilot an abandoned Jaeger mech in an attempt to find their missing parents. Craig Kyle and Greg Johnson, who have worked on Thor Ragnarok and X-Men Evolution, respectively, are the anime showrunners. Hmm. X-Men Evolution, that's a great show. So we're yeah. right off the bat, we're guaranteed getting two seasons of this show. Right on. And it starts next year. So that'll be that'll be cool to see where that goes from there. Get it on until yeah. I die. <clears throat> Um, as we every now and then will do on this podcast, we're doing a DC film universe pulse check on a film, and this week it's Flash. What's the check, Doc? Uh, right now, Andy Muschietti, the director behind both 2017's It and It Chapter 2, Muschietti. is reportedly in talks to helm the upcoming Flash film, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Screenwriter Christina Hodson, who wrote Bumblebee and the Birds of Prey film, is also reportedly being eyed to write the script. Actor Ezra Miller is still attached 
Muschietti will also reportedly be joined by his business partner and sister, Barbara Muschietti, who will act as a producer. So this does say that uh, the Ezra Miller Grant Morrison script is dead. Uh, whatever yep. whatever they were working on, that is not happening uh, if these reports are true. Uh, they are now going with an idea from Christina Hodson. No, uh, no offense to Grant Morrison. Like, we all love his comics. I don't want a dark Flash movie. Whatever what I'm looking for. I, I didn't want Ezra Miller writing the Flash period. I didn't yeah. feel like he has nothing has ever nothing against him personally. Nothing has ever given me the indication that he has the chops or know with all either as a writer or of just the character of the Flash that he should be handling script choices. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, this lady though, she uh, she wrote Bumblebee and what yes. else? Uh, she wrote Birds of Prey, which we haven't yeah, seen yet. But Bumblebee's great. Uh, yes, if if Flash is going to be in the flavor of Bumblebee, then I'm happy because that is way much more the flavor and I want. If they if she wrote Birds of Prey, which is now filming, they like that script enough to want to give her something else. Yes. So and then uh, it is a Warner Brothers property, correct? Yes. So it makes sense to try to get another Warner Brothers guy. Yes. Uh, this is it, like the sixth director, literally like the sixth director. We'll see. If this is. Sticks. I think this is the first time in a while that I feel like there might be a winning team here. See, I thought that too when um, Lord and Miller. No, it was. It was. It was after that. It was like it was. Uh, it's been so long. I don't even remember. It was one yeah. of the guys. I'm like, oh man, he's such a good choice. I was the guy who did dope. The guy who did dope. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that, yeah, that guy. I think he's doing Bond now instead. Right. But like, he was such an inspired choice, and I'm like. Oh, he's just right. And I don't there. remember who the writers were attached to the time, but no, no writer has made me excited since Lord and Miller left until this. Yeah. This is the one where I'm like, oh, this might be a great script. Yeah. And you've got a director who knows what they're doing behind it. I think I might finally be cool. Yeah. I um, man. I'll be honest. I'm at the point where I, I almost just don't want Ezra Miller's flash. Uh, not because of any, again, not because of anything personal with him, but I just don't feel like he was killer in it. And yeah, I question if he has the right idea of how to tackle it going forward, if they can reimagine it, but, but maybe they can at this point, uh, just recast. <laughs> Listen, we're getting a new Batman, like stay with what we got that works. You know, we got Wonder Woman, we got Shazam, make a Wally story. Exactly. Or even do Wally. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Like Ezra's like, whatever. Like I, I don't blame him for the choices in Justice League, but I don't like that Flash very much. Yeah. It doesn't help that uh, they felt, you could feel them wanting, like we, we talked about this when we did Justice League, that you could feel that that Barry Allen was much more like Wally West because they couldn't make him like Barry Allen because Barry Allen was on the TV shows and they wanted to be different. Yeah. It's like cool, but like Barry Allen as Barry Allen should be, it does exist. You literally could have just called him Wally West and, and, and nothing, it would have been better. It would have been fine. It would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this this does sound like a good team behind it. I hope yeah. this one sticks. I think if this team isn't the one that sees it through, then th- it's then dead. the Flash movie Nothing. is dead it's and dead. needs absolute retooling. Yeah, we've been hearing about this damn Flash movie for I feel so long that just me at least we've been talking about it at least a year. We have at least we have oh way more and uh, we've been talking about a Flash movie ever since Justice League. That was twenty seventeen. Lord and Miller were the first people attached, uh, yeah. and then uh, How excited there was we there, were. W- there was a while there where it. Everyone was saying, "Is Robert Zemeckis going to do it?" That was a rumor. Um, yep. And then the dope guy, and then he and left. And then the dope guy. And then there was and another then, person, and they left. Uh, and then, and then it was, uh, "Well, we need to stop all this. Hold on, Grant Morrison and Ezra Miller are doing a script." So it's been, it's been. I think this has been through the most development hell, and still on the table. One hundred percent of all the other DC projects, because everything else that was this difficult died. Um, it, Batman, but that was just Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves. But, but even there that, wasn't like thirty even people that in a way. 
Batman was like I think of that as two separate things because when we came out of Justice League Ben Affleck was doing a Batman story that was his Batman mm -hmm. and that died and then it was still him with Matt Reeves but it was now a different story with Matt Reeves mm -hmm. and then he was just no longer part of it yeah um, so I feel like that was a different project by the time Matt Reeves took hold of it yeah and how many directors have been on the assigned to or have been said yes this person's gonna direct the Flash film and then they were at lost least, the project at least five I I like with Lord Miller being like two, I think it's like five or six for real. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane that yeah. apparently Warner Bros. wants this Flash movie off the ground, but they can't nail anyone down to work on it. The th the problem is though here is like they want it to be good because they they can't have a Suicide Squad Justice League BVS situation. So like after the last three movies have been really good, they're like, well shit, that idea wasn't good. Okay, well this director seems good. No, that's not gonna work. And this movie's never gonna come out because they want it to be good like the other movies. I, I believe that a Flash movie will come out eventually. Will it still have Ezra Miller? I don't know. But this does sound like a script and a director that might see it through. Yeah. That, that, that might actually get this off the ground and done. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, we'll we'll leave that where it is until we hear more. Mm -hmm. um, an animated Gremlins prequel series called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai has been officially been ordered to series announced by Warner Media. It will come to Warner's unnamed streaming service. The series order consists of 10 half-hour episodes from Warner Brothers Am Animation and Amblin Television. Here's the description. We travel back to the 1920s Shanghai to reveal the story of how 10-year-old Sam Wing, future shop owner Mr. Wing in the 1984 movie, met the young mogwai called Gizmo. Along with a teenage street thief named L, Sam and Gizmo take a perilous journey through the Chinese countryside, encountering and sometimes battling colorful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore. On their quest to return Gizmo to his family and uncover a legendary treasure, they are pursued by a power-hungry industrialist and his growing army of evil gremlins. <sighs> okay, so this is weird. <laughs> Yeah, this is. An I odd love one. Gremlins. This Me is a, too. This is weird. Uh, can I on concept alone? I think I'd rather watch a film. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I think I'd rather watch a live action film than a cartoon. I also like. Uh, okay, so the the premise of it being in China and dealing with like, mythology and yes, monsters yes. that's dope. I don't want a, a Gremlins movie to be that. Gremlins are about these little silly kooky monsters. You don't need to start involving other mythologies because Gremlins is just a monster movie. It's not about mythology. It's just a monster a monster movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is like adding a much, a, like a, a better premise to a movie that doesn't really need it. You know what I mean? This Not to detract from those this movies. Is, this is why I but feel... But those are basic movies and this is taking yeah. it to an extreme. Th this is why I feel like as a concept, I'd rather have a live-action film because if it was a live-action film that is a prequel that's set in the 1920s, but it's just about how he encountered the Gremlins, yeah. I'd be like, cool. Who is this for? That's cool. Because kids don't want to don't know about Gremlins, especially if it's animated. <clears throat> that's like, is it immature? Is it like a PG show? Like, uh, there's not. I, it's, I imagine it's a PG show. It's, it's, it's just like, it's like the Robocop cartoon. Like, who is this for? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like this is for anybody. Yeah. Like, especially like... The, I like. I really like the idea, but like, what is he gonna fight? Like a Chinese dragon with mo like with with gremlins? Like what? It seems weird. I have no idea. It seems like a weird premise to me. Um, if you if it if it were basically the same idea for a live action movie, I'd be like, that's a cool place to take gremlins. I'd be into it. Um, just to see the practical. Because part of my, the fun to me is watching the practicals of the yeah. gremlins. Um, you turn it into animation, and I'm not I'm not as like sold immediately to see it. Yeah, I agree. That's that's pretty. Ben, much how do you feel about ben? Gremlins? I have no feelings about Gremlins whatsoever. You There's, should watch Gremlins. You seen those movies? Never seen them. You should watch Gremlins too because it's got John Glover in it as a bad guy. He's great. 
I know what we're doing this Christmas. Um, yeah, Christmas movie. All right, uh, we'll move on from that from now. All I know is just you, you can't give them one after midnight, right? Yeah, yeah, you that's true. Them after midnight. Uh, I think I think you would really enjoy those. Films. Oh yeah, All those right. movies I are really a lot of fun. Like, um, I know what they look like, but I just never seen the movie. They they are super enjoyable. Uh, the creature effects are awesome. Incredible practical effects. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, like you wanted to do those same like do practical effects and set it in the 1920s. Uh, I'd be way into it. Yeah, this as an AMHO, I would have to see the and it's on their to feel again, like it's on their streaming service. Yeah, so the odds I'll like it or or, or watch it are low. Yeah. Um, speaking of streaming, Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series found a director Juan Antonio Bayona or J. A. Bayona, yep. known for Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and The Orphanage, will direct the first two episodes. Of the also, JR. Monster Calls. Yes, we'll direct the first two episodes of the J.R.R. Tolkien adaptation. Bayona will also executive produce, along with his producing partner, Balin Atienza. Okay. I have no problem with his visual storytelling. Uh, I yeah, think I, don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, the, the sc- well, I kind of blame him for Fallen Kingdom. Yes. He did write it, too. Oh, he did? Yeah. That sucks. It's but he's, gonna, not, it's but he's not writing this. Yeah. So. Um, that's fine. I'm, I'm secretly optimistic about this show because Amazon's putting all of their money behind it. Yeah. And they're getting really good writers. I forget who they are, but they're decent writers and and this guy is a good director. I'm, Even though I'm, we don't like I'm I'm hopeful. Like I I'm not holding he's had wins and a loss. So I'm not holding that one loss even though it was a big loss yeah. against him. And again, the the movie looks good. Yes, it so does. So like I I'm, I'm I'm sure if he, you know. if if he, again, he's not writing this no. uh, at the moment. He is executive producing, but um, he did he did have a hand in writing Fallen Kingdom, so I hold that a little against him. Yeah, um, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm I want I want more Lord of the Rings stuff that's not the books, and it's not a bad video game. I want like I I want to li- I want to be more in that Shadow world. Mordor. Th- that game's that game's fine. Yeah, Shadow. Uh, sorry, Shadow Mordor is great. Yeah, I was Shadow, gonna say Shadow of War, the sequel. No, yeah, yeah, not as good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want, but I really like the Lord of the Rings environment, and I want to be back there. I want to be back there. Yeah. You want to go back to Middle Earth? Yes. We all do. Uh, if you're going to have Gandalf, you have to cast Ian McKellen, because Ian McKellen said if you cast anybody else, he'll be real upset. He's definitely in that yeah. show. So, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Uh, Swamp Thing. I Which I'm we aware. talk about a lot. We do. Um, we also recently talked about Conjuring Universe and all that, which brought up Gary Dauberman a lot. Yeah, did. He is the showrunner of Swamp Thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he was speaking with GameSpot and opened up about Swamp Thing's cancellation, describing the turn events as a bit of a gut punch before going into detail regarding where he would have liked to take the show in a second season. Quote, I was looking forward to telling a couple more self-contained stories. Not self-contained itself, but like three arc stories with coupled with the larger mysteries. Like a season-long mystery or engine, but also be able to explore some of those dark corners of the swamp where it almost feels like a little bit like an anthology. Dalberman also revealed that while he didn't want to ditch the, quote, Monster of the Wink format, he did want to include other creatures such as wolverines and vampires. Quote, we could have done so much that I'm sad we're not going to be able to get to do in this incarnation. Werewolves you know? or wolverines? Wolverines. Okay. That's that's what the quote says. Interesting. Um, I echo your feelings, Dalberman. I'm really sad that you're not going to get to explore those things. Yeah. Because, uh, again, like that, the, the, um, the one bottle episode of Swamp Thing, which was a Monster of the Week episode, like that's still fun, yeah. And like, and like, we've read again, bringing up old old things. Like, we read a, a, a single issue Swamp Thing where he deals with a werewolf, yes. and that's a fun self contained story right there. Yes, it is. So like, it, you can totally do you know multi arcs, have you know one off episodes that all build to a narrative. Yeah, uh, we're all about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. Um, I'm real. We remain sad that Swamp Thing uh, has been canceled. 
please check out our Fake Nerds Watch series. If you've been watching the show, please watch the show if you can. Hashtag Save Swamp Thing. I will say, the I think the very last thing he says is like, uh, blah, 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 something we won't see in this incarnation of the show. Yeah. Which almost makes it sound like, hey, maybe in the future, maybe. He doesn't say incarnation of the show. He just says this incarnation. Yeah. Which does make it seem like the buzz about a possible film is true. Yes. Um, you and I kind of talked about this a bit off air. Yes. Uh, that there, was, if, there was a scuttlebutt that, that a movie might be in the works. There's, there's some buzz that they would let James Wan make a movie. Yeah. Um, but the, the but rumors the, cast. the rumors about it are saying that he'd have to recast if he wanted to make a movie with Warner for Swamp Thing, which seems Boo. like A junk. bad move. Uh, and it's a, it seems entirely based around the fact that I don't think they'd make him recast Derek Mears. I think they're fine with that. But they probably want someone more a high famous profile to be Abby. Abby. Yeah. Uh, probably even for flashbacks. Probably of even Alec. Woodrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think well, let's that's, see how this season ends first. I think that's yeah. just terrible. Um, and if they are considering that, I really hope that they just let James Wan have the cast back. Frankly, I don't think James Wan will do it if he's not allowed to have his cast. I agree. Yeah. I. I I believe that because so. everyone involved knows they have something special. And like you can you also can't. you can also bring in new characters. That we haven't met in the show yet. There's literally 40 years of Swamp be, Thing. Who yeah. can be famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but keep the cast from the show. Like, yeah. there's no... Anyway. Uh, lastly, Akira. This um, is this came out of nowhere, and it's exciting. This is a lot of exciting. This is all of it. Uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, the creator of the iconic manga and animated film Akira, is set to produce a new anime series adaptation of the story. Sunrise Inc. announced the project during a panel at the Los Angeles Anime Expo, and in addition to the new Akira animated series adaptation, a new film and an Otomo anthology were announced. Orbital Era is Otomo's newly announced sci-fi action-adventure film set in the near future and will tell the story of a group of young boys who live on a space colony, which is still being constructed. The plot revolves around their lives and their environment as they are tossed around by fate. Orbital Era is currently in production, and Otomo is responsible for the original concept, screenplay, as well as design works and direction, with animation production by Sunrise, Inc. In the third project, Otomo The Complete Works will be a collection of Otomo's works, which will be curated by Otomo himself. The collection will include every one of his works and statements in chronological order, beginning with his manga debut in 1971. Although Sunrise confirmed that the collection will be available worldwide, details and a release date have not yet been revealed. So, if you're a person who's aware of Akira, you probably have seen the film, but you haven't read the manga, I'm suspecting. Yeah, most people um, haven't. It's it's yeah. incredibly big. It's, it is. It's, it's incredibly huge. big, which means the movie barely scratched the surface and now it sounds like we're actually going to get an anime adaptation that's going to full metal alchemist brotherhood that manga which yep. is awesome yeah awesome and this is definitely like right off the back of that movie getting announced oh 100 so, I'm, so I'm, I'm absolutely sure that guy was like hey wait a minute that's my thing why can't i just do my thing yeah and then they're like of course do your thing it's a cure he's like oh sweet let's just make a sweet badass tv show i'm uh, super excited uh it i'm very interested to see what what the animation budget for this is going to be and how they're going to interpret it. I can't it. imagine they don't give him a lot of money. I it, it really it's, this is like the one of the most high profile like anime mangas of all time. Like they're going to give him money. I am not sure how much uh budget Sunrise Inc has to throw around as an anime studio. Um if it's something that can be akin to the budget uh that things like the first season of One Punch Man and uh, Gurren Lagann were given, then we're in for a real treat visually. And that's kind of what I'm hoping they get. That's we'll so great. Yeah. 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 
Um, anybody who doesn't know, like uh, One Punch Man season one to One Punch Man season two uh, had a significant drop off in its animation quality um, because it changed over studios, which also changed its production budget. And uh, it does it's it looks fine, but it doesn't look anywhere near as uh, incredible as the first season did. I'm looking up Sunrise Studios now, and they are they have so many credits. Yeah, they've worked on everything oh no i'm sure it's it's not a matter of like quantity it's the quality of the show no yeah uh i watch a show called tiger and bunny which is about superheroes uh and that show looked incredible Mm -hmm. yes so like most of the i think it's gonna look good yeah i'm I'm optimistic i'm i'm looking forward to seeing the first footage of this but it's awesome that it's happening at all yeah it's really it's really we live in the best timeline man ben I sadly don't have much to say about Akira. I just saw the film a few. Oh, look at that shirt ago. you're wearing. Yeah. Oh, my Gundam T-shirt. Your Gundam Akira T-shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wore this. You and I were at dinner, and then you said, "No, you're gonna watch Akira tonight." And then we went and watched Akira at my house. So I haven't read the I haven't read the manga. I see the manga, but I just haven't picked it up. And but hearing that they're gonna like FMA Brotherhood this, I'm like, hey, I'm down for uh, it. Sunset did Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and also I'm not worried. Uh, sunset sunrise? or sunrise? Sunrise. Yeah. Sunrise, sunset. It's dark out. Whatever. Sunrise. They're one of my favorites because they do Mobile Suit Gundam. Mm-hmm. So for me, being a big Gundam fan, I'm like, okay, cool. They're gonna two D good looking animation, baby. Yeah, exactly. So woohoo! All right. Uh, so that will do it for all that. We're going into our trailer talk now. Ooh, we start with talk. another anime related thing. Hell Girl. Um, Hell Girl is a uh, anime series. Uh, actually, several iterations of this series exist, um, and now it's getting a uh, Japanese live-action adaptation. Uh, the main reason that I wanted to talk about this is because um, not only is this like an interesting story, but this film looks like it's got the proper budget and quality level to actually be uh, a respectable horror film in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Just to give you an idea of the story of Hell Girl, uh, it begins with a bullied or tormented person accessing the Hell Correspondence website, which allows them to submit a request to eliminate the person tormenting them. It is then that I, Enma, the titular Hell Girl character, appears and gives these people a doll that, once pulled, sends their tormentor to Hell. Death where, Note. Where Enma and her companions proceed to enact karmic torment on the doomed person. The catch is that the person who originally sent the request will also be sent to Hell as well. Double Death Note. Uh... I, I just think that this looks visually great, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm always happy when a anime can be adapted well to live action. This looks like one to keep an eye on, especially for like horror fans. Let's hope it's good. I hope so as well. I'm, I'm optimistic these, about the visuals these in it. anime live action they adaptations? Can be hit or miss. Or, yeah. yeah. Very, very hit or miss. Yeah. Right. Uh, Knives Out. Hey. Okay. Do I, you guys like Star Wars Last Jedi? I hope so. <laughs> Do you guys like Looper? Do you like Ryan Johnson? Well, he's making Clue. I love Clue. And Love I also Clue. like those other things, so I'm yeah. not bored. Uh, this is a incredible cast. Yeah. In a really fun-looking film. Yeah, I love Orient, uh, the murder on the Orient Express. I love yeah. it. I love it. Me too. I hope it's as good as that movie. What was the thing we watched recently where it ended with them like cheekily going onto the? Oh, you didn't? Nope. Never mind. I know what this was. Don't it was the us. Adam Sandler murder mystery movie on Netflix. Uh, at the very end, they're on the Orient Express. Oh my god, that's so. Dumb. It's wow. it's really goofy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Anyway, uh, Knives Out looks really great. Uh, I'm pretty much sold on Ryan Johnson and this cast alone. Yeah. Um, there's literally nobody in this cast that I don't like on some level. Yeah. So Tony Collette was robbed last year for Hereditary at the Oscars. <sighs> I agree with you. After so rewatching much. it yesterday, but oh she should have. She should have at least been nominated. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, man. This movie just looks like a lot of fun. Like you know, murder mysteries are always fun. I hope it's not. I think the- this might be her most high profile get. 
Honestly. Tony Clit? Yeah. Yeah. The people she's up there with, Daniel Craig, Chris, Chris Evans, Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, like yeah. she's she's up there with a whole bunch Good of A-listers. Her. Good for her. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this, this looks like a like a ton of fun. I hope they don't ruin it in the marketing. Yeah. Because this is a movie about a murder, so I hope we don't find it's out. It's a murder mystery. It's a no, I know. The trailer says it's a, it's a whodunit. I'm like, I like whodunits. I want to I wanna watch this mystery. I just don't want them to spoil it in the trailers. Also, I really like how uh, Chris Evans is like, you know what? Eat shit. Where he's like telling all those people to eat shit. It's like, oh, Captain, you're swearing. Why? Language, Captain. Language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, Chris Evans being scared of dogs. I'm like, oh, that's not Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm Real happy about this. Yeah, this uh, this looks like an awesome film. I wonder how. I wonder. I re- I'm really curious about if people are not going to see this because of the Last Jedi. <laughs> Probably because a lot of people are very vocal about that movie. I don't think. I don't think a large enough number for it to be an issue. Yeah, I'm I sure think, there will be people who like. I think because like we're in the nerd circle, like we're probably going to see on Twitter, like I'm not going to see this movie. It's directed by the Last Jedi guy. Yeah, it's written and directed by the Last Jedi. Guy. Yeah, unfortunately, get, yeah. get over yourself. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. Hell yeah. Most anticipated this movie of the, the year. This is the weirdest tra- that I can... I saw this trailer drop, and I was like, what? And I clicked on it, and I was not prepared for what this movie was. This is this looks so bizarre, and I'm so glad it's David Harbour. David Harbour is playing a fictional version of himself. Of himself but and his own and father. And his own father, who's David Harbour Sr. Who's, the who's cr- David Harbour Jr. Jr. Excuse He's me. David Harbour Jr. Jr. And he looks just like him. Yeah. But like he was he was experimenting in like live TV live plays. plays. Live yeah. plays about Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. And it's called Frankenstein's Monsters Monster, comma, Frankenstein. <laughs> this, the name alone should just tell you everything you need to know. Like it just looks. I, it looks like something yeah. from Adult Swim, but yeah. with a Netflix budget. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, it's like Tim and Eric. This or is something. like a mockumentary of just what? Yeah, it's great. And I think I think going for it does look like that genre thing, but going for like a wider audience than I think Adult Swim tries to go for. Yeah. Um, but I I agree with you. Like that vibe is there. Uh, killer. I love it. I love it. David Harbour Jr. So Jr. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be watching this when oh, it yeah. drops. That's so crazy. Um. What's next? Jumanji, the next level. Another one. Okay. Yeah. I have words. I have words to say about Jumanji, and they are not oh, kind. Man. Why, oh, man? man? Tell Whoa. me why. I do not like how they're taking the... Pretty much it's the same thing from the last game. Of the, oh, okay. What I really liked about Welcome to the Jungle were uh, was like the kind of somewhat skinny kid becoming the, the buff guy, the jock becoming, all of them finding, and, even, and of course, Bethany, the hot, pretty girl, becoming Jack Black. All of them using the what they think is their flaws to find out their, their weaknesses, and then they all three of them bond together. Like uh, the jock is like, "Yo, maybe I can use my brain." Bethany's like, "Hey, I can." Um, is like, "I could use. Um, I could, I could sacrifice a life to save uh, Nick Jonas, but also I could like, hey, help another person." And also the comedy was just there, like Bethany becoming a guy. That was that was kind of funny. Just seeing this trailer. With the Grant, with Danny DeVito and Donald Glover. Danny Glover. Thank you, Danny Glover, not Donald Glover, different actor. And uh, those guys, and The Rock and Kevin Hart roles, where the, and, the, and the jock is now Jack Black, it's like the whole dynamic is now gone. Seeing this trailer the se- a second time, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit on more on board for this because I do like how Kevin Hart... Do, does his Danny Glover voice and how the do you rock? Mean how he's like showing any kind of acting range at all? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a yes. That's that's a yes. Because Kevin Hart only plays Kevin Hart. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen him not play Kevin Hart. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm no, go on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But the same time, I was like, I liked the original kids and their their whole dynamic, and now it's just throwing a wrench into it just to throw a wrench into it. For me, this is so. I don't let know, me maybe, ask, no, maybe let me, another. Let's, we're going to talk through this real quick because I'm right. very excited for this movie. Okay, uh, we're getting a sequel to the sequel to Jumanji, right? Uh-huh. So we got to get over that fact already. All right, cool. This is a video game right. where <laughs> you're av- you go into the avatar of someone else. Right. I uh, we want sequels that are new and original, right? Uh-huh. So instead of having them be the exact same characters again, where they don't actually learn from anything, you have them be other characters so they can learn other things about them. Plus, you're adding new characters. It does add a wrinkle to it. But again, this is a movie. No movie is necessary. We're getting right. this movie. I don't want them to play the exact same characters again. That's me. Okay. And playing, seeing Danny DeVito as The Rock is hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. I, seeing the trailer again before we saw Spider-Man today did win me over a little bit more. Uh, I will say that when we were looking at Welcome to the Jungle way back, and Brand's not here, so he can't really touch on this, but I, mm-hmm. I imagine that he must feel this on some level, even though I think he's come a little further around on Welcome to the Jungle at this point. When that was coming out, he was worried this was going way too far into the comedy range and kind of ruining what Jumanji originally was. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, I did feel like it was aimed at being more funny than that, but it still kept like the theming of that adventure movie and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that this will be that step far away from the original Jumanji. Like, if you went from Jumanji to this one, this is not spiritually what you want Jumanji to yeah. be. And I, I will say that I feel that, and that bums me out. Um, but but I think we're past it at this point. I think this is this is going for its own thing at this point. Uh, it is no longer, in my opinion, it's it's pretty much Jumanji in name only. It is a um, it is a video game. Yeah, it is, and it's, uh, it is, and it's and it's going hard on that again, and that's what I really it's like. It's going about it. harder. And it did say the game that. was busted, so and Spencer probably went in to try and fix the game, yeah. right? So it's so. it's going harder into that concept, and, and I'm saying like I'm I'm cool with it at this point. But I, I do recognize that like we have we have lost the spirit of what Jumanji was. Yeah. Uh, that that first film we are we are now far away from it, and that's that's acceptable to you or it isn't. Um, but I do think I do lament that on a level. Yeah. Uh, but recognizing a... recognizing that that's what we're going into. Um, I do think that uh, what Ryan's saying is correct. That like you know if you are going that hard into comedy, you do have to change it. We didn't want to mm-hmm. see all the kids being the same characters. I assumed they were going to swap around. I didn't realize that we would get two different people in swapping them out. And this means that we don't know who Bethany and uh, the original main kid, I forget his uh, character's name. Um, oh, uh, uh, Wolf, Alex Wolf's character's yeah. name? I forget, I, forget, his name. I forget his character's yeah. name, but the one who becomes The Rock. Uh, we don't know who he is. And I was telling Ryan that I'm pretty confident he's going to be some big celebrity cameo we don't know about yeah. when he does show up. Yeah. Um, like Brad Pitt's in the jungle. Like, Nick, hey. Nick Jonas is in there for a shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is Aquafina. Which, is, which makes me think that um, uh, Bethany's probably in his body. Probably. I, I feel like that's very likely because she was so attracted to him in the first one. That's probably the story they're going to go with is that now she's him. Um, putting all that uh, on the on the side, I do think that the the comedy is mostly there. I hope we get a little bit. I I just don't feel like I saw as much from Dwayne Johnson. Uh, what he's going to be doing to to necessarily sell me on on this uh, performance. I want to see like. I want to see him do a really good job of doing an impression of being Danny DeVito's character as himself, and not something that feels a little too far removed from it. Uh, much in the way that I feel like Kevin Hart is doing a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I do like the the setup of it. Yeah. I you know uh, I think we were all 
somewhat on the same page. Like we didn't we didn't want a Jumanji sequel. That that was what we got. But then that movie ended up being really fun. I really yeah. like that movie. No, I agree. I, yeah. enjoy, I enjoy Welcome to the Jungle. And who knows? I could be in my words yeah. when I go see this one. I could say I really enjoyed it. I'm just sitting at the first trailer yeah. of this of of the next of um what, what was it called Jumanji Next Level. Jumanji next level. the Next Level. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, go take a little uh, thing from Sega there. Are we uh, Sony? No. Uh. Those three words aren't copyrighted by I know, the I know. company. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. It's very inside joke for me. Okay. Um, this trailer I just first didn't tell me. Maybe a second trailer will show me a little bit more stuff. That's like okay, maybe I am into this. Like even when I first heard they're making a sequel to Jumanji, I was like, hard no, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I see Welcome to the Jungle. I really enjoy it. We got fun and games. Yeah. So like the very end of the trailer, like when they're on like the like the the board, yeah. Like no, at the, at the end of this trailer, all the different bridges, all the different monkeys, bridges, yeah. yeah like uh-huh. that looks super cool it and does, super fun. It does look pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it, it does. So I mean, it was just my it was my first impression. I was like, no, well, I feel you, dude. I'm not I'm not bagging on. Oh, you. Oh, I know you're not bagging on me. I'm bagging on you, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> I'm uh, just honestly, I'm I'm truly just really excited because I love Danny DeVito so oh, much, no. and I'm just really happy that like he's bi- he's gonna be in two big movies this year, Dumbo and this. I'm like, thank yeah. God, you're the best, Danny. Although probably only in the beginning and the end of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he'll be the spirit <laughs> but, the whole movie. But the that's Rock, what I hope. That's yeah. what I hope is that I see yeah. some of Danny DeVito in the Rock's performance. Yeah. I, think, I do yeah. like the I do like the the back and forth between the Rock and Kevin Hart as Danny DeVito and Danny Glover, yeah. where they're like, oh no, his face, you have a heart attack? Breathe. The whole left side of his face is gone. Yeah, like, again, like I, I don't mean to rag on Kevin Hart. He's a really talented comedian, mm-hmm. but up until this point, he's only ever played that same role. Yeah. yeah. As, an, as an actor, one, he's... At this one minute trailer of him being another character was the most I've ever seen him have range. Yeah. And that's why I'm really excited, because like, I, I, I always love when comedians go that extra step to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. And like this isn't a drama, but this is a step for Kevin Hart, for, yes. for me. Uh, no, so, I agree. So I'm ready. Uh, I hope Jack Black gets to have enough play too. Now that he is Fridge, yeah. Um, I oh, hope yeah. that there's still room for him to have to have some fun. Yeah. Um, I hope that whoever the uh, villainous force is for this film is a more engaging personality than the one from Welcome to the Jungle. I almost just wish there isn't there isn't just like a main villain because I don't think you need that. Uh, whatever I, whatever your representation of yeah. opposing forces. Yeah. I hope it's better than the one from Welcome to the Jungle. Because it's super generic, just a dude. Honestly, bring back the hunter, and I'm not going to be upset. Will you? Up- Now's the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, come on. You, you, I mean, he doesn't have to be that... Uh, Same actor? You know, he can be... No, no, be that actor. But I'm saying, like, he doesn't have to be locked into the hunter role. Okay. He can be a new thing. But if you bring back that actor, that's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, um, I'm just worried that that's going to make people mad, because, like... Not to talk about another movie where they no, do no, something no, like sure, that, sure. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, because it, it's involved with a property where someone, it's Robin Williams' movie, and like we want to leave that as much alone as we can while still being sure. Jumanji, I, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd be cool with it, but I could see, yeah. definitely see a lot of people being pissed. I'm, I'm just saying, like, my, my initial instinct, like, get whoever you want. I don't really care. Uh, just make them actually have a, a character. A personality. And, and a reason for me to be engaged when they're on screen, because the most forgettable thing in Welcome to the Jungle is the bad guy. Yeah. Even It's, it's uh, the stepdad from Ant-Man. Yep. Aww. And uh, that sucks because he's super forgettable in that film. Sure is. Like real lame. Yeah. Uh, so so I hope that, that that is an improvement. Next level. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Mulan dropped a trailer. Oh, that's a whole whole minute and 30 seconds right yeah. there. Um, so so, so um, I was originally bummed that it's not a musical. Sure. That this is a historical epic type movie. Yeah. But after all, after reading a bunch of stuff online, uh, I'm like, you know what? Actually... Because this is like this is important to a lot of people, like the actual historical event and stuff. And I'm like, you know what, man? 
make it just make a good movie. Cool, whatever. Make the movie you want. Like you don't have to be beholden to anything. Uh, it looks really pretty. They're clearly going to use at least a, some of the musical cues because the musical cues yeah. in the yes. trailer. But but there's no there's no mushu. There is no musical sections. Like it is just a movie, which which I am totally fine with. You know, I think it looks it looks spectacular. Like all the visuals look really nice. Yeah, they're so, definitely giving it. I think this is like the most expensive like live action movie they've ever made. I think I read that for Disney. Like that, of the Disney. Live that's not remakes. event. That's not Endgame. That's not uh, yeah. Star Wars like, or Marvel. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is like has a huge budget. I be- I believe it because they're getting like extra extra uh, excuse me ex- actual extra crowds of like that like a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I like the look of it. Yeah, Th- there's not a lot I can say about it. It was a uh, teaser. It was a teaser because of the teaser. I I appreciate where the nods are to the anime film, which is uh she's got her comb, uh, and her hair is is modeled the same. Um, the dynamic of the family is clearly present from the uh, original film. The, the hawk. Uh, I hope that Hun looks cool. Yeah, that's honestly one of my biggest things. Is that, yeah, we saw. We did. We see saw him. him. He looks like we a normal guy. He, well, he I looks feel, like uh, he looks like a Mongolian warlord. Yeah. He looks I mean, like he's invading China. To be fair, I China. think it's it, like a Jafar situation. We're like it's wow, that's awful. I really hope that's not the case. Yeah, I'm just saying like he's not going to be this big, overly scary guy like we saw what he looked like. He looks like a dude. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't catch who he was. Yeah, he's trailer, just a so. dude. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be fine. We'll see. Yeah, but he's not big. <laughs> he's just a dude. What I like. I mean, you don't have to like look, have more personality than Jafar, and I'm happy. I'm like, use a car. Have a character. <laughs> have a character. Yeah. Uh, just be menacing. That's all I want. Just be uh, menacing. Yeah, have a character. Like make make choices. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because the guy, in, the guy in Jafar did not, and no, uh, didn't. that that didn't work. The guy in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, did not. Nope. <laughs> uh, so please get your villains right, people. No, I just like how this movie looks like a straight kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. There were some really cool slow mo shots of Mulan jumping over spears. I'm like, that's yeah. that's that's really cool. Yeah, that's that and a, I, that's in the original movie, right? Uh, Her jumping over spears. Yeah, right. It's been no, a while. Not not really. No, I don't know, no. I don't know. it's been a while. But uh, I would say, like, the, the distinct difference I see between the, the anime and the live action is that there's a whole sequence where she's clearly a lady fighting on the battlefield, yeah. which yeah. is not something that happened in the animated one. Yeah, I, that's um, un- She was only clearly a woman when they went to the to the emperor at the end. A girl worth fighting for. Um, now, that being said, I also think that a portion of what we saw is, is fake. Dream uh, what, sequence. Yes, or something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, it looks so far, it looks cool. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet. All right, uh, that will do it for our bread and butter. Time to move into our main topic. Ooh, is it? Is it? Is it? I got no. Jokes. It's coming at you far from home. Damn, that's we did that one. Yeah, uh, bugs. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's talk about some uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, let's do some initial thoughts uh, first. Real quick, we asked for stuff on the Instagram, and our good friends over at Downright Nerd. Downright Nerdy Podcast whoop, responded whoop, whoop. and said, We enjoyed it. It had its flaws, but overall, we both placed it in mid to high tier range for an MCU. Yep. Um, I talked to uh, Michael Carls from the Downright Nerdy about it a uh, little while ago. Oh, off. the Michael Carls? Oh, yes, him. The one and only. And uh, he was saying that his problem while watching the movie, like one of his biggest issues, was kind of resolved by the post credits, and he kind of needs to watch it again. And we'll kind of get into that, but it was a uh, very much based in the performance of Fury and Hill that he had issues with it while he was watching the movie. And then I think obviously that the post plays it out, kind of yeah. changes it. Um, so but but that nonetheless painted it while he watched it, and he hasn't seen it a second time. And what's so. funny is, like before we get into spoilers, like if you leave the movie, 
Like, what does that do for the rest of the MCU? Let's say you just avoid the the post-credit scene. That sets up everything. Yeah. Yeah, these post-credit scenes are, are, I I thought people were overselling it, but they are the most relevant, uh, not just to, like, the future of the MCU, but specifically to your perspective of the film you watched. Yes. Uh, If you don't watch that last post-credit scene, you watched a different movie. You literally watched a different movie. It's almost almost nuts that both of those were post-credit scenes, if you think about it. It, it Because they're so tied to the plot. It honestly is. It really is crazy. There there are people who think that was really... Well, anyway. Yeah, yeah. uh, Let's get into initial thoughts. Ben, how do you feel about Spider-Man Far From Home? I liked it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did Homecoming, but I still had a good time. Um, I... Seeing it the second, I saw it twice, and seeing it the second time, like there are parts where I could feel like it was, I it was dragging a little bit, but once we got into like the thick of the Mysterio stuff, it, I was like, okay, you got you got me back in. So Mysterio, as a con guy, oh man, I, I love Mysterio as a villain in this movie. I really enjoyed him, him and Jake Gyllenhaal. But all in all, it's solid. Yeah, solid uh, Marvel film. Yeah, I would place it in the mid tiers. It's it's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Sure, sure. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, I really I uh, quite enjoyed this movie. Uh, after Endgame, uh, I was really worried that they were gonna make this a big bombastic like multiverse like thing. Yes, especially because it's the end of Phase Three. So why not go out on a big note? Uh, that's not Spider Man for me. I like Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. So the fact that it kind of was, even though you know he's in Europe, this was a small scale movie. Really made me happy. Uh, the characterization is some of my favorite in all of the MCU. Um, I. I'm in love with the villain. Like yeah. it, I am over the moon in love with the villain. I can't <laughs> tell you how much I love this villain. Uh, I don't think this is a better movie than Homecoming, but like a lot of, I feel like a lot of sequels for me are like, hey, I found it way more entertaining, but it's not as concrete a, a good movie. Sure. Um, there's definitely pacing problems, and after seeing it a second time, I definitely noticed there's pacing problems in this movie for sure. Yeah. But once the mysterious stuff happens, the entire the rest of the movie's gold. Oh yeah. Like it just takes a while to kind of get there. Like I want to say when the first Mysterio, like when Peter Parker figures out Mysterio is the bad guy, like the true bad guy, that's when things. When the bar scene hits, that's yes. when the movie goes into full force. Oh yeah, definitely. 100%. Definitely, one hundred percent. Um, okay, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so quick little anecdote. Hold on, what do you think? About oh, yeah, the sparks. sparks. Oh, oh, uh yeah. I, I think Spider Man is like an okay superhero, so this was kind of just an okay movie for me. Um no, Spider Man's like my favorite. Uh, so this, uh, I I come in. I, I know I come in with like certain standards in mind, mm-hmm. and um, this met a lot of them. I I I know I like this movie. I know it's a good movie. I have conflicted feelings because of of part of the ending, and I have conflicted feelings because I I've come to recognize a pattern in the John Watts Spider Man films that. Uh, leaves me a little bit wanting. But uh, overall, I still really enjoy it. I, I think I echo what you guys are saying, which is that uh, I, I definitely think Homecoming was the stronger film between the two, um, but I still think this is thoroughly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to like more things the second time, knowing what, what what was up, but I also liked some things a little less now knowing what was up. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into that and stuff Um but uh, you you were about yeah. to say something. Yeah, so a little anecdote. Um, right before we went and saw the movie, Fanny and I oh, saw oh, this on yeah. 4th of July. And I told her that, yeah, so Mysterio's the bad guy. And she looks at me and goes, what? I'm like, yeah, he's that guy. He's like, how do you know? I'm like, wait, you think Mysterio's the hero? She's like, yeah, they say in the trailer he came from an alter- alternate universe. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. We live in a nerd bubble, my man. I'm yeah. like, because I I thought she knew because I knew Mysterio was a bad guy thanks to watching the Spider-Man animated show when I was a kid, 
And also looking through the books, like seeing a dude with a fishbowl on his head, I was like, yeah, that looks like a bad guy to me. But she had no idea. She told me that the only her knowledge of Spider-Man villains came from the films. Like the and up until that point, this only the Sam Raimi films. She's never seen the um the Mark Webb ones, the Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield films. Only Sam Raimi. So well, Mysterio wasn't in those anyway. Yeah, exactly. So hearing that Mysterio is a con she's like, How is he a con man? How is he a bad guy? I'm like just wait. Oh, yeah. oh, honey. Yeah, it's, I, I kind of feel bad that I spoiled it for her. Yeah, because the whole movie, like going straight going into it, you you do believe him. You believe him that he's like, oh yeah, he does. He is there for like the whole time. I was thinking, where's the con gonna play out? Where's the con? You do have the the split audience of those who don't know better yeah. and those yeah. who do know better who Just are like, w- are they gonna change it? Yeah. Like <laughs> Ryan, you posting all those memes on Facebook of. Of of like the Casey Casuals, like oh my God, Mysterio is such a good guy, and then there's Kevin Feige in the background smiling, like oh, oh just you wait, yeah, just you wait, just yeah, you yeah. wait. I'm I was just waiting, yeah, like uh, we're in we're in spoiler territory, like we're oh, gonna yeah, talk yeah. about this movie, like uh, yeah, spoilers for oh, Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home completely. Uh, it made we, we don't it's, do it's made over half a billion dollars already, and it's uh, been a less than a week. Seen it. It's been less than a week, so like you you've seen this movie by the way, uh, you see it, yeah. Um, really, I think like. The movie really fully gets into focus once that bar scene hits. Once, mm-hmm. once the the E and stuff and and like, see that wasn't so easy. Like that's when like I feel like the movie was waiting. Or that wasn't uh, that wasn't so hard. Yeah, that wasn't so hard. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, like that was the moment. Like we had to get we had to get uh we had to do a lot of stuff to get to this moment. Uh, we'll talk about all the stuff before that because yeah, I think yeah. that's where the movie mostly suffers. Because after that, like I have no problems really for me. Yeah. Um. So. I I think it's just going to be because we are spoiler free. I think it's better to just talk about Fury and Hill knowing what the post credits is. So yes. let's let's just address that specific post credits, which yeah. is that we find out in the very last post credits of the film that Fury and Hill are actually Talos and Soren and Soren, his her wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they've disguised themselves. Yeah, they, they um, took over for uh, Fury and Hill as the just to take yes. over because uh, and this this is what. Uh, downright nerdy uh, Michael Carls and I were talking about is that you know once once he knew that it it did make him think about but having not seen it a second time and now having seen it a second time ourselves I can say that like you do kind of get the vibe and and good on Sam Jackson uh, and Colby Smulders to yes. an extent for um, creating a a separate performance from the characters they were already doing yet still being those characters in a yeah. way mm-hmm. but not feeling because as natural because Fury doesn't feel as cool and confident no he's 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 dumber for sure. Yeah, uh, he's well, way yeah. he's way more trusting. Uh, he says some things that I that Fury wouldn't say. Yes, uh, he messes her. with his eye patch a couple times, and I'm like seeing it a second time. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. Yeah, yeah, no. it's so it's all there. So the first time that threw me off when I first saw the movie the first time was when uh, Pierre was talking about Captain Marvel, and he says, "Don't invoke her name." Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, like I, why that, tri- would... that triggered something? I mean, like that's a weird thing for Fury to say. Yeah, <laughs> don't invoke like, her name. But with their friends. Yeah, they're they're, they're pals. Yeah. Why would he be like, "Don't invoke Captain"? That's great. What? That's weird. Which adds more implications. Like, okay, so what's the history between Captain Marvel and the Scrolls? Uh, well, 20 something years th- later well now I think it was just like a one of the, like hey just she's like one of the best people don't like say oh I'm gonna call him Captain Morgan eh, shut up yeah I don't, I don't know but so that will, threw me off and then uh, um, the whole time when uh, Quinn was telling telling his like the, oh I'm from universe 833 and uh, snapped her whole dimension and blah 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 I'm like this is bull this Fury is- Fury says Beck's not from your world yeah 
He says that. He not would, our world. Not yeah. our world, because that's not uh-huh. Talos' world. He's from Earth, just yeah. not yours. And, it's, and again, like seeing it a second time, like it's the little subtle things, like because it's still Nick Fury. Like like uh-huh. scrolls are good at, at becoming who they're supposed to be, yeah, yeah. but not perfect. Yeah. And that it's the little things when you see Nick Fury for a dozen movies, like you know these things. Uh, yeah. It happens twice in this movie that Peter refers to Maria Hill as ma'am. Yes. And I and I immediately went. I don't think Maria Hill would just go yep to that. Yeah, she'd be like, and she do does not it call twice, me that. and I'm like, no, that's yeah. now that I know, I'm like, Yo. call me Agent Hill or call me Maria. Yeah, she don't definitely would ma'am. not like being called ma'am. Yeah, she's also um, one of my like. Pro- it's not a real problem. I just like the characterization of Maria Hill in the comics. She is like super hard ass, and she's a lot softer in the Marvel movies. And she was kind of hard in here, and I was like, she's acting a lot harder than she she normally does. And I'm like, it's because it's not Maria Hill. Right. It all. It's all. It's so good. It's I love a scroll, it. Scroll. Which yeah. the, the ending trailer or the ending trailer, the ending credit scene, the the final post credit scene where it's revealed that there's the scrolls. Yeah. What's well, it's so cool. It's Not so, just that, it's like, but they're working with Fury. Yeah. While Fury Fury's is in, in space, space. Yes. doing sword, sword. space shield. One hundred percent. It's the that's the that's and the, that's and again, it's the thing that like I did not want my Spider-Man movie to be this big multi-dimensional thing, but in a way, because of the first post credit scene, it is. But it's not in a big way. Yeah. And the and second one, it's like, oh, this is actually a cosmic story. Yes. So the sword angle about it, I want to talk about near the end. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, the there are impressive things that Sam Jackson and Colby Smulders did, or shots that were set up uh, where they're both looking like uh, when Peter starts going off about the multiverse, and you see Fury and Hill both looking at him, yeah. and they do not look like them. They normally would when someone was it's, doing yeah, that. And that's when they, they look off. That's when Quentin says like never apologize for being the smartest yes, one in the room because yeah. they don't know how smart Peter is. Yes. Yeah. And, and so they look off. And, uh, I and they're like that, anyway back I to the mission. I think that shows really really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Man yeah. I can't, dude, I honestly can't imagine watching this movie and having okay, like Nick Fury and Marie Hill are definitely not the same characters, and then leaving because then you will you will just feeling like oh man, they they made Fury kind of weak. Yeah, in this it movie. is a different movie. Like yeah. it's it's like, it's kind of baffling that the it's the real credits. The real Nick Fury would have never believed um, uh, Quentin's story from the very beginning. Yeah, 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 not not at all, not a single thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't know that he wouldn't have believed it. I think he just would have been suspicious and looked way into more suspicious. It. Yeah. Then I don't think yeah. he would have. I don't think like necessarily like immediate disbelief is the, is the that truth. Fa- that thing that he says as Fury, like you know, he's I was gone. Most, oh, I was yeah. gone five years. I used to yeah, know everything. Yeah. That is still no, true about that Fury. Yeah, that's why he's yeah. in space now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that's definitely a representation of how things are going right now. And also, uh, uh, Quentin has a great line where he calls Fury the most paranoid and dangerous man on on the planet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because if which he is screws, true. If so he like, screws up, I yeah. I do believe that that Fury would have given Quentin a chance, but he would have been suspicious the entire yeah. way through. But obviously, that doesn't even happen because this is this is Talos. Uh, even looking at that first scene, uh, watching it a second time, it's like, why are we even here? And it's like, God, check this out. And it's like, yeah, but this isn't the this isn't what we're we're supposed to be doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it, it, it very much is like a daddy's not home. Let's see if we can yeah. handle the situation quietly uh, since, on our since own. Since we're talking about all of the scroll stuff, yes. um, they talk about Kree sleeper agents. Kree sleeper agents, yeah. yes. Captain Which Marvel for too? me, like, uh, clearly they're not doing the regular secret invasion route where no. the scrolls are invading. Right. That does not mean there cannot be a somehow a Kree invasion. Because they can look like regular people too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, they don't shapeshift. But and they the look- secret invasion involves the Kree, not the scrolls. No, the Secret Invasion is a Scrolls. No, no, no. But in the in this, oh con- no, he's saying like the new version. Yeah, the yeah, new yeah, version yeah. of the films yes. is the, the secret, like the um, from it's, it's the new version of Civil War is the Sokovia Accords yes. than the from the book. So we can still get I'll, Secret Invasion, and I can imagine with the Scrolls working with the humans, the Kree are going to want to get revenge on Earth. Yeah. I'll, 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 I only real quickly want to say because I I know I've talked about it off air, 
Um, I'm I'm just not a person super down for a secret invasion story yeah. in the films, and that's me personally. It, both in the sense whether it's scrolls or Cree, uh, you're there's no character that I can think of, no major character. You you had the one honestly in this movie who, if you told me this whole time was a scroll or whatever, I'd be like, dang. Uh, and that was Hill, and it's not. Um, that is his wife, and that's not Hill. Uh, but it. I don't. I don't believe that there's any good version where you tell me that a character we've been following in the movies this whole time has actually been a sleeper agent for one of these other things, and and I don't feel like it ruined yeah. older films. Yeah. So, um, I'm all about like the Cree trying to invade Earth and everything, but like doing a one, f- uh, uh, more or less one for one of Secret Invasion is just not a story I want to well, see in movies, like, especially because yeah. I think Hydra doing the Hydra stuff already blew the canon on that. No, yeah, yeah. For the films, I don't think Secret Invasion as like just that simple story can work. No, anymore. I agree. I agree. Um, but but, but I'm like, all about like the Kree stuff coming back yeah, around. Much like Civil War, uh, the movie wasn't 500 superheroes battling at once. Like, yeah. They're mm-hmm. going to yes. slim it down. They're going to trim it down. Like yeah. It can be still a an invasion of hundreds of Kree around the world in specific places. But again, that is just like Hydra. So they have to do something completely different. Because yes. that Hydra yeah, thing yeah. is basically a human secret invasion. Yeah. So you're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, um, but, you know, man, Kevin but it's still, smart. But it's still really cool to just even to know that like the Kree... Scroll War is a focus still going on for them. It is awesome. That's just awesome that that's yeah. still present. Yeah. Um, I, it still makes me really hope that the next Captain Marvel movie doesn't feel like it has to take place entirely now, now? Yeah. but take place partially at least in the time between because like I want to know exactly what was going on with that war up to this point. Yeah. Um, I want to know exactly what was going on with Captain Marvel exactly. up to that Why point. Is, so remember... At the end of Captain Marvel, yeah. uh, she and Talos go off to find a yes. new scroll planet. Yes. So twenty years later, why is he on Earth? Yeah. So that's a whole story of how I, he gets I here. I imagine that there's a decent amount of like Fury and Talos Tal- have to become Let's homies. assume that, that Talos was not blipped. Let's assume that. So that's five years that he could have mm. been on Captain Marvel's page of helping handle things, and it's now true. he's just come down for Fury to help out. Yeah, after uh, Endgame. Because he's been involved in kind of like cleanup yeah. post what Carol is did. like, hey, this Talos guy's really helpful. He can yeah. be you yes. while you go do your yes. thing. Yeah. I feel like that that very easily could be a part of the canon of what's happened. Yeah. Um, props to Ben Mendelsohn for making a, a fun appearance. Like that's, I'm glad yeah. that that character's still around. Uh-huh. So that's touching so, on all that stuff. Let's talk I, about the Spider-Man yeah, movie. Yes, so just real quick. Yeah. Sorry. There's a, there was a rumor, I don't know if, it's, if it was true or not, that Ben Mendelsohn shows up at the end of... Endgame in yeah it's not true okay um it's it's that there's a shot in Endgame when Ned and Peter see each other and there yeah, was the, a guy the who one just shot. looks there's one dude in there who just looks a, a lot like Ben Mendelsohn from the side and everyone was like is that Ben Mendelsohn is that it's not okay. it's it's not him I didn't look he it wasn't up like hanging out with Peter that was yeah. just okay yeah anyway Spider Man reaching yeah. uh yeah so Spider Man um hey guys Tom Holland's amazing we pick up with uh him it seems like it's I can't tell if it's eight months or a year. It says eight it's months. at least eight months. It said they say eight months. I know they say eight months uh, that that like a specific thing has been going on, but they also say that like they came back. They say they eight months the, ago. Yeah. Heroes brought us back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Because they also start their school year completely over, and we're now at the end of a school year. Yeah, because the previous year, like, yeah. it happened. So right. Like, you know. Eight months ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need That's, to look into it too much. Anyway, uh, so they were almost at the end of their school year. They have now gone back to the beginning of a school year five years later, Yeah, uh, which is a crafty way to keep Peter a junior instead of a senior now. All of his um, friends, yeah. Yeah, so Peter, Peter would the next year be going into being a senior. Heck yeah. So very likely, potentially the next Spider-Man film could still have him be a high schooler. If he's mm-hmm. not on the run. <laughs> Whatever that's going to be. Um, I thought that was pretty crafty. Uh, it's... 
I was surprised we picked up that that far down the road. Um, far from home. Uh, just this like uh, eight months of like character development and stuff that 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 has happened. What Peter's been doing in all that time. Um, the the idea that Tony. Oh, uh, so Tony Tony's uh, death obviously because this film opens up with that in memoriam, which is awesome. The whole it's so thing funny. is uh, the it's best the best way to pick up after Endgame. Getty images is plastered yes, right yeah, on there. It's geez. beautiful. It's Although so good. Captain America's not dead. He's just old. They don't know that. But everybody in the public they don't know that thinks he's dead. That's what they're establishing. Right, 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 Captain America right. didn't explain his time traveling plans to the United States. Yeah, yeah. All so right. the rest of the world is going to think that he He's died. D- okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll get that more explored in I other know, films. I know. Or a Disney Plus show. Who yeah. knows? Uh, it's also cool that they acknowledge to the public that Vision is dead. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't expecting. Hey, man, that until Vision's it shows got up. fans. Yeah, I guess I'm, so. I'm sure. <laughs> they got that one blurry image. Man, I guess. I, I guess so. Yeah. That what blurry a great way image, to start. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, that's exactly the, we were, I will always love you by yeah. Whitney Houston. Yes. We were talking about the specific thing, like we love that high school stuff, hundred percent in the first movie. I hope there's more of that, and it's literally the beginning of this movie. Uh, what a way to take imagery that had been so brutally uh, heart wrenching to oh, watch in the other films, the snap, and then, and yeah, then yeah. put it into the context of a basketball game where they blip yeah, back that's, that's, and <laughs> <laughs> the basketball hits people in the yeah. face. They they establish in like ninety seconds, like. What happened after the snap? It's the blip. Everyone yeah, came yeah. back. Like uh-huh. they turn into a comedy moment, which I'm fine because like this is Spider-Man. I don't want it to be sad the entire time. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's the perfect way of like that's all I really needed. Yeah. And that it's a small amount. Cool. Moving on. Sure. It's you like, don't need to make a happened. whole thing about it. People are back. People who were little kids now are now five years older. Yeah. It's it, Brad. we just have to Brad. deal with. Uh, we just have Aunt, to deal Aunt with May. it. Like got blipped back into her house, and, and people yeah. thought and she was a she's, ghost. And now she's working with a charity that's uh-huh. helping people who are displaced. Yes. Yeah. After the blip, which is awesome. How do you guys feel about the name for of the blip? Just out I, of curiosity, I think that's like a silly like high school thing that they. That's not the official. That's what the world calls it. Because May, calling May calls it. it that. Oh, that's true. I think it's fine. That's the official term. I think it's fine. Because like the decimation's really like doesn't matter crazy and like destroying, and then the blip. Oh, we, we're back. Blip, yeah, blip. It's yeah. Fine. The we're, decimation would feel like. Something that you would call it in the five years yeah. before this, but now that people now that's been undone, you want to call it something tone. nicer. Yeah. yeah, the blip, yeah. Uh, the comeback. Because for them, it was a blip. Yeah. It was they were there and then they were back, and yeah. it's like what happened. No, it's like fell asleep. Next thing you know, it's like five years later have passed. Holy shit! And Brad's I'm, handsome. I'm glad that it does hint at the the larger scope of just what people have been going through because we we are in the the summer of of I, 2020. I, 2024. Four? Yeah. yeah. That's still 23. N- or Well, it's eight months after 2023. The, so let's just... 23, I, 24. I think, we're, depends, I think we're in 2024. Depends on what the... Yeah, no, we're definitely in 2024. If it's summer vacation, you go eight months in the past, we're in 2024. Okay. So uh, that's where we are. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, um, I love that we're gonna spend the next like like couple years like catching filling up. this out. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, I kind of want to talk about this because this is a uh, there's a whole lot of uh, Tony Stark imagery hanging over Peter's head, uh, f- literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Um, of this this kind of loss and this pressure and, and the, I imagine he must have been dealing with this for a while. There's mm-hmm. eight months. Uh, of that on him. I really like when they're on the airplane and it shows the documentaries on there and there's one that's Heart of Iron about Tony Stark but I also noticed that there's one that's like Nova. about Hydra. There's also a Nova one. There's one about Hydra yeah. and that's all all oh, real cool. I did find the Nova one but I do. <clears throat> I saw Finding Wakanda Yeah, Finding and, Wakanda. Uh, uh-huh. and the Snap. Yeah. yeah, where it was like a documentary about all the um, it's part cute. of iron. It's mm-hmm. it's cute that they that they did that. It's it's really cool that that's yeah. that's something that you feel. Uh, these movies do continue to be the ones I feel like show the most uh, 
sense of of like living in this world. Like cute regular people. Yeah, living in the world of the yeah, MCU. Marvels. Uh, I yeah. think that these films are really good at showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hit, it, it's hitting a point, I think uh, the second time I watched it, I really saw the parallels of it when he's doing the press uh, talk kind of thing uh, at the charity event. At the beginning? Yeah. yeah, and he's being asked all these questions related to Tony Stark Do you have and a aliens fr- any and friendly this. neighborhood questions? Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of Iron Man 3's story for Tony dealing with the trauma. This PTSD. is essentially him dealing yeah. with a different type of trauma. Yeah, 100%. Um, and this is where I kind of come to one of my larger issues with the film is that I feel like it wants to say something with that and it doesn't really say it yeah. by the end of the movie. Like it wants to say something about how Peter's dealing with this grief or overcoming this trauma, this this heavy decision that it feels like is being put on him in his life and by the end of the movie I don't feel like anything is actually said about that. And that, that disappoints me to a larger degree. Um, and this is something that uh, I talked with you about it that, that came to my attention is, is kind of present in Spider-Man Homecoming as well, that it feels like it's trying to say something about him taking personal responsibility, but the pieces never line up to actually say anything by the end of the movie about it. And this one I feel suffers from that just as much. Um, While I really like the movie and I like the way that like Quentin Beck goes about getting Peter to give up Edith to him and everything. Even in death, um, I'm the hero. Even dead, I'm the hero. I love that acronym. It's really good. Uh, The sense that like there's no recognition on Peter's part, I feel... Uh, to the degree of like actually f- fulfilling a full narrative that he was so quickly throwing away responsibility which is one of my issues is that this is this is Peter Parker Spider-Man his whole thing is with great power comes great responsibility and all that and there's I thought no... about it I thought about my answer yeah yeah okay um I didn't mean to cut you off if you're still going uh I was just gonna say that there is no like sense of what choice he feels like he has to step into now because he is just actively running from his responsibility. He's trying to shove it away just to focus on a vacation with the girl he likes rather than accepting what it's supposed to be for him. So I don't think this is going to be a good answer, but it's my answer. Yeah, it's fine. So um, in this movie specifically, uh, Mysterio asked Peter what he wants and he says, I don't know. I completely agree that Spider-Man's a guy, great power, great responsibility, all this stuff. At the end of the day, he's still 16 years old, and I don't think I want him to learn his final life lesson in this movie when we're going to have seven other Spider-Man movies for him to learn a lesson. I feel like the lesson, like, and I agree. I do agree that there isn't a overall theme for Spider-Man in this movie. I do think it's an a adventure that had some bad stuff that taught him a lesson. Uh, I just, I, I don't think... The the for him to become the responsible Spider Man is was the was the thought of this movie, which is okay. My issue is that the film language is trying to tell me that him coming to a a, a realization about himself in relation to the loss of Tony Stark is where the film is heading because it constantly is throwing Tony Stark imagery in the movie around yes. him, and that never pays off. The fact that the film it's, itself, visual storytelling, is trying to tell me this matters, and Peter's ignoring it because he's closing the documentary uh, image about uh, Tony. Every time he sees an image of him, he's turning away from it. Yeah, okay. And that, that doesn't actually come to a uh, a grounded, like, this is, this is Peter uh, accepting what's happened and the loss of Tony or anything like that. That that the film feels like it's driving me towards that but doesn't do anything with it. That's what really gets to me about it. Yeah, and I I absolutely can see that. Um it didn't I didn't really it didn't really bother me. I didn't think about it cuz again like I'm I'm not thinking about it that way. Sure. Um I do think like this felt just almost like a one-off issue or like he's not going to learn all the lessons in this one issue. 
And like I don't, I, I do feel like the thing about responsibility, like. He was pushing it all away, right? And then when yeah, yeah. when when Fury literally invites himself into his life, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider Man is like basically uh, f- almost forced to do it. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't want to do it, right? So like I think this movie is just showing like he is not ready for responsibility. Resp- responsibility. Fury yells at him saying, "You aren't ready for." Talos yells at him, "You're not ready for this." Yeah, yeah. And I think the lesson is like he is not ready to be this huge Spider Man. He's still learning. Sure. So like that's, that's how I felt. He's still in the learning process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and again, like it. It just feels like the film wants to say something, and I don't know what it is yeah. because because it is just so constant and pervasive. The amount of Tony Stark imagery around Peter throughout this film. Well, the thing is, like, there's there's he murals. There's everybody uh, monumentals. wants him. Everybody wants him to be Tony Stark, and at the, at the very end when he's talking to Happy, and he's like, "You can't be Tony Stark. Nobody can be Tony Stark." I think that uh-huh. like he, he tried to be, even for a little bit, he tried to be Tony Stark, and it was too overwhelming. And he's like, "This is not who I am. It's not who I want to be." And I and I that's what I got from this movie. Sure. It was like I am going to be my own friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Look, look where it gets me at the end of the movie. Yeah, gets me in trouble. Yeah, that's why. And, and the, Ben, how do you feel? Tell me about this. Uh, pff, damn, I'm trying to go get my thoughts together for this movie because my one of my big problems with the movie was the, I guess like the whole Peter trying to. Do his things like the scene on the bus after Brad takes that picture of him. I love Brad. And uh, with that uh, one shield lady, or, yes. or she's the, with, called the seamstress. The seam, oh, really? That's in the in the in the credits. She's the seamstress. Okay. Well, like that one of him trying to get rid of that picture of uh, Brad, and then he accidentally calls in a drone strike. Yeah. And then Fury Talos yelling him for it. It's like, dude, give the kid a break. I mean, yes, he has these all all these powers and. But he's you're right. He's still a 16 year old kid. Also, to he be fair, he almost murdered a child yeah, he did using billion dollar technology. Yeah, I'm just like yeah. it goes both. Obviously, ways. Obviously, he didn't want to do that. And yeah. No, I know. It goes both ways. And I think. there was oh man, there were just parts of this movie, especially seeing a second time, where I'm just like, uh, again with the with the fake out, again with the. I, I don't know. I think I, I, I get it's a comic book movie, and he, um, like when Brad at the, when they're in London, he finally points out. I was like, "Do you guys not notice how all this creepy stuff with Peter is being shady?" And then even the head teacher's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna roll with it." It's like, no, a teacher would not do that. Well, well, the teacher doesn't roll with it because he yells at Brad for taking pictures of a of a, of a guy in a bathroom. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I'm just making sure. But that wasn't a bathroom, though. That was in a. Um, it doesn't matter where it was. He thought it was a bathroom. You shouldn't be taking pictures yeah. of people with against their wills. Right, you're not, you're not. You're yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't, for some reason, with Spider-Man: Far From Home, I cannot formulate my thoughts. Is it because you're really tired? Maybe I don't know if it's because I'm tired or what, but I can't formulate my criticism with this movie other than the fact that everything before the uh, Mysterio find out was. Part of it was like I can remember it, but then it's like I don't know why uh, this part was just kind of. Like, I'll tell you it, what it fell flat for me. For me, um, I still again like I still really like this movie, but upon seeing it a second time, uh, most Marvel movies, at least the last couple, are very rewatchable. I think I think uh-huh. like Ant Man and the Wasp, Endgame, like there's a lot of revalue. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and this movie, <clears throat> much like Ant Man and the Wasp, like it's 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 trying to be much more of a comedy than the first one. Like this movie is almost all comedy, um, and that's the problem. It doesn't always land. Uh, I really like the Ned and Betty stuff. Upon seeing it a second time, I think there's a little too much. Of it yeah i agree like uh, the, yeah like the, the it was funny the first time i saw it when um uh, when bay calls him babe the first time and pierre was like wait what what about us being like bachelors in europe and, it's, and then it was like oh no that was uh, the that's also great i think there's just too much there was a bunch they of, can cut a couple of those yeah, there was a bunch of that stuff that came on later 
And I, th- th- those jokes didn't land for me, and then the jokes did land for me. Like I, the scene at Ferris wheel, it landed. But then there are other times where she kept calling his name. He's like, yeah, I'll be there right there, babe. I'm like, okay, can we stop with that? I think I think a larger issue with just Ned's presence in general in the film is that, um, and I like the movie, I do, but <clears throat> the Ned and Betty thing becomes so dominating of his character by, that by the time that we get to the point where MJ knows, and it's kind of this weird how the two handle it, uh, like all of a sudden, that feels like he's being pushed out. There yeah. isn't enough time in the movie to actually explore that, yeah. so there's almost no point in having it. But it's still hinted at, and I'm like, I, I could have used this earlier in the movie. I could have used this idea of Ned feeling like the relationship was pulling him away from it. But also, uh, Ned makes the again, like I had, I had some problems with Ned. I think some of the some some of his writing choices are kind of bad in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. But um, specifically, he's just like Peter. What are you gonna do? You have to take care of all of us. You have to do all this stuff. And I'm like. You gotta be a better friend than that, dude. <laughs> you're you you're usually a better person than this. I know and you're I mean, in a relationship, yeah. uh, but it's like it's almost almost too silly for me. Y- yeah, um, almost. Uh, nobody. I don't think any of Peter's friends are given a, a character arc in the movie, and that's and and Ned is one who it feels like needed yeah. one uh, in relation to Peter. Um, you, you know who has a say. secret arc? Uh, Flash. <laughs> Because something's going on with Flash's mom, yeah. and it's making me really sad. Because uh, they mention it twice. Yes, Flash's Flash's parents don't love him. That's super sad. Yeah, it, it is, and yeah. that's why he's a bully. That's why he's an he asshole, gets, and he gets punched in the nuts. He's um, gonna be the best Venom. Watch. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna go into the army, and he's gonna lose his legs. And in five years, Tony Revelory is gonna be like a big hunking man. He's gonna be the new Agent Venom. Just watch. Just Jesus. watch. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, count counting your chickens before they hatch. Something that does bother me is that I kind of, um, and this this largely speaks to the the issue of what I was saying is that uh, when Peter Parker does come down to the the end of the film, um, his friends are still at the presence of being in danger, which makes it feel like there's a more direct personal reason why he's uh, stepping into the role. I know that it is also like, oh, he would do it to save the world, and, and he, but he's leading with the fact that like my friends are in danger because they know now, and it's putting them in the line of fire, and I almost wish that they're that they hadn't been part of the finale, that they weren't a part of what was in danger. It had just been like he stopping just has to Mysterio stop Mysterio in London. Just stop because his I don't, mistake. Yeah, because yeah. nothing with them there adds anything for me. Uh, the whole scene where they're running away, uh, it's just like, cool, it's nice to spend time with them, but it's not adding a lot to the movie for me. And it's almost questionable why Quentin is so prioritizing them while Spider-Man is under him and Fury is clearly suspicious of him because the drones were found out. But he's like, I got to kill those kids. Well, I think. Um, well, I think it's at that point where like shit starts going wrong, and he's like, "I got to kill these kids because like if so, if any of but them that's get out, saying. they'll tell a secret." They know, but Nick Fury now knows his secret as far as he knows because his illusion just fell apart in front of him, and he's like, "Got to kill the kids. Don't worry about killing Fury right now. Got to kill the kids." And us knowing that that's not Fury, he's fine. Yeah. But him not knowing that's not Fury is like, dude, why are you prioritizing these three high schoolers? Over the man who's going to murder you in I a second. S- I still think at that point, he, even though it's dumb, he still thinks like he he's convinced Nick Fury because he doesn't know Fury knows, right? Because he doesn't know Nick Fury knows. He he knows that the well, like he should know that his drone just got blown up in no, front of I, Fury. But clearly, he says, "I have this under control. We're just going to reboot it." Like he had a plan when when the whole thing goes off. So I he suppose has a plan. so. But I if I lost my one eye on Nick Fury at that moment. I'm saying, like he's saying, this is my most dangerous threat is Fury. Yeah. I don't think I would take my eyes off of Fury to chase down some high school. He also had a drone right in front, just in case anything happened. So that's like, that's when it got blown up. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the one in front of Fury got blown up, and he's like, nah, I gotta get those kids. 
And I find that questionable. Like, defend it all you want. No, I, I do find it questionable yeah. that Quentin Beck would, would pursue the kids, and I don't feel like pursuing them was even necessary, I also, except to lead us into that one moment where Happy blurts out that I he loves I also Aunt May. think it helps that, like, uh, he's an unstable madman. Yeah. So, like, he's not clearly thinking. Cool, that's fine. As yeah. a writing thing, it, it's kind yeah. of dumb. I feel you. And it feels like it's forced into this narrative of just to put Happy in the room with the kids and have that moment. I like that scene with the mace, and they have to, like, trick the drone for a second. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's fun. It just felt like uh, it, it didn't add as much to the movie as I want. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's how I felt about that. I so, uh, uh, Let's try to be positive. Uh, Mysterio is incredible. Uh, the visual effects yeah. for Mysterio are great. Drake Gyllenhaal is super funny. He plays a... Gr- First of all, uh, if you didn't know he was a bad guy, he plays a really great generic hero. <laughs> He's super good at just being generic. And I'm like, wow, this is definitely like a white guy being an, being an actor. And I'm like, of course, because he's playing a role. He's trying to be the generic superhero you all fall in love with. And I'm like, that's so smart. And the whole team, the entire bar scene is my favorite scene in this entire movie. You bring back Ralphie from uh, uh, A Christmas Story, uh, uh, Will, Bill, William. William from Iron Man. Yeah, uh, I love that so much. I All, do too. Every character in that bar gets a call out of like, "Hey, you, you hate Tony Stark, and you hate Tony Stark, and you hate Tony Stark. And we're all going to come together." And I just love the bullshit that they feed into and that they, they read into it. It's like, oh, uh, what does Mysterio say? Like, uh, like they listen to the truth, and I am the truth. Like yeah. that's like, like such like a Fox News thing to say, not to get political, but like they'll believe the truth because I am the truth. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I yeah. just I love I love the idea of Mysterio, and it's I a lo- team. What I love about that bar scene is that he's because like, he's trying to be like, um, I mean, props to Jake Gyllenhaal because he, yeah, he is being like the generic superhero guy. But then once Peter's like trying to tell him, he's like, no, he's like, no, 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 don't, don't give me the glasses and the shirt. I'll take them. He's a good actor. Yeah, and then he's finally, good, like, and then finally, when the, when he's like, someone get this stupid costume off me, we did it, yeah, yeah dude. Like I love the callback and how the um, screenwriters placed these characters in that were in the bar scene into the events of the past like he said hey i made this great hologram hologram technology barf and then tony named it barf and fired me this guy had these great weapons plans and then he got let go because of uh um obadiah Obadiah stain and all that bullshit just as like okay this is some good motivation here this is some good uh you know what this reminded me of it reminded me of the comic book i'm sure you've heard of it it's called watchmen uh so uh never heard of it never heard of it uh so the movie uh, completely ne- neglects this entire aspect of it. But in the comic, it's about this group of scientists, of artists, of, of musicians, all these different people who collectively create the most horrific thing in human history. Because it takes all different aspects to create right. something that to, des- to destroy the world. And that was like a small aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it takes, it takes a writer who writes this silly story about this guy from another world. It takes this... Uh, there's like a seismologist to create these, like, these uh, ripples in the ground that like trick Nick Fury. It's just like, it's it's... Not everything in this movie is well written, but the, the the Mysterio aspect of it, I I really like. Yo, good shout out to uh, they sh- they shout out six two six one six. Yeah, because at first I was like, I know this is not the real thing, but if it is, yeah, then this for sure. I know Brian's gonna be all about because he said repeatedly that this isn't the six one six universe. It's it's not. It's and not. technically it's not because he's wrong because he's yeah. not from the multiverse. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. Uh, what's a eight three three? Is that that's a UK? It's a Captain Britain. Okay. Um, Spider-Man UK. I gotcha. I really like the scene where uh, he's going through the play file with all of them, and he's watching the reel, and he's saying, "No, take it back. Do it. Do it. Run it again." Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing the he's, rehearsal he's, process. He's of it. directing it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like that. scene I really a lot like too. that scene a lot. I really like 
everything about that moment, watching how it comes together, it kind of gives you, I think, an even better window into who he is yeah. than the bar scene did, though yeah. I like the bar scene a lot. Um, and then him having to realize that uh, he has to kill Peter Parker and the way he lays that at William's feet is really Like, he good. basically blames William. Oh, like, he blames him 100%. It's, it's, like, his blood He's is like, when I hands. have to kill Peter Parker, because it wasn't his plan, yeah. when I have to kill Peter Parker because of this realize that his blood's on your hands it's, and it's I, really and good. I actually do believe even though Quentin Beck and his team are like a bunch of bad guys like I do believe that they feel bad for Peter because Peter is a good guy and they can recognize they're like oh like it's a kind of a, a shame we have to do this to this kid but like screw Tony Stark yeah he gave he gave billions of dollars to a 16 year old yeah like it's a it's a fun dynamic mm-hmm. yeah and then he just goes obviously like the villain mode at the very end yeah well also I a big prop. I love um, how mysterious costume of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's, especially when he's like in his like his uh, his illusion thing, where it's like definitely this is comic. Book it's mysterious. a mocap suit, man. Yeah, it's awesome. He's wearing a mocap suit, it's but hilarious. he still has the fishbowl on him. It's, it's I, so oh, smart. Yeah. I love that. It's still a fishbowl, but it's you could tell that's a mysterious fishbowl. Like he's right. controlling everything and the illusions. Also, I didn't realize we were going to get a Doctor Strange sequel so soon. Those visuals, man! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. some some love really how, great love, scary stuff. I love how when uh, May's talking to Peter from uh, New York when he's in, still in Venice after we first see Mysterio fight the quote unquote elemental. Um, the elemental. She's like, "Oh, is that uh, who's that guy? Mister Strange? Doctor Strange? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah." Uh, I think the whole visual sequence of when he's messing with Peter is really good. Oh, it's great, especially like the Inception with an Inception, where like he shoots Fury, but then Fury shows up. He's like, "Oh, you got to tell me who your who, who your friends told, because like he's gonna kill him." And then uh, he gets like hit by a train. Yeah, jeez, man. That's... The whole the whole time I first saw that sequence, I was giddy. Yeah, just watching every bit of it, and then it gets to the point where. He's in front of Tony's grave, and Tony crawls zombie out in Iron the zombie Man? Iron Man outfit, and I'm like, and I'm just like sitting there, like I didn't think I'd yeah. ever see. I this. think we like both looked at each other <laughs> yeah, at the same yeah. time. We're like, oh, what? This yeah, is this yeah. movie? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and I was like, dang, you went for Mysterio hard, yeah, and what, I'm happy about it. Especially after he gets shot the first time before Peter gets hit by the train. Yeah, I was. He had me fooled. I was like, is that really 100%. Nick Fury? Is that 100 percent Nick and Fury? It's, it's super... And then the second he says, "Oh, you're still global," and it's not. And it's Nick Fury. Then he gets yeah. hit by the train. Yeah, it's like. Damn. Uh, a little bit later in the Netherlands, when uh-huh. when uh, Happy comes to rescue him, and Peter's like so traumatized, he's like, "Hold on, I don't know if you're real, yeah, dude. Yeah, I yeah. am tripping balls right now." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's some really really fun shit, man. Yes, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's like, and that's the thing that I was most worried about because Mysterio is a con man. He's a guy with special effects, and you know, in comics you can do anything like that. I didn't think. I thought it was going to be he's just working with these elementals who are just super villains, right? I didn't think it would truly be a two hundred million dollar Mysterio. Like, right. this is what Mysterio would be in a live-action movie, dude. Mm-hmm. It is so inventive, and it looks so good, and it's so fun. It really does. Uh, when he's put Peter inside his own fishbowl head and takes yeah. it. That was really Some great. really, really awesome, and, like, using different suits, like, bringing back the very first suit with, like, yeah. the goggles. Like, yeah. some really spooky stuff, man. Yes. Oh, yeah. I really, uh, that whole thing was an A++. And you know what? I, the thing I haven't talked about, which honestly is probably my favorite aspect of the movie, is is MJ. I really like MJ. Yeah, I'm a, I really like I'm her a too. big fan of I'm I am so I just doesn't like for the most part and you've read way more Spider-Man but I've read a lot of Spider-Man. For the most part Mary Jane is is a damsel in distress. She's a is is she's a reporter at times yeah, yeah. but like she has not been given like I think the PS4 Spider-Man game is a really good good uh, Mary Jane. Sure. Uh but, but like she's not I don't think she's super great in the comics all the time. She's kind of relocated. She was like Tony Stark's assistant for a little bit. Like she yeah, doesn't it depends do a lot. what comic you're reading. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie, she is not just a regular 
regular white boring character. Well, she I is a character with personality. Yes, and you know exactly what type of person she is, and you you can feel the chemistry. Like it is, it is, it is sizzler spicy. I really, how much they get along. I, d- I, I don't think of MJ as Mary Jane. I think of her as her own entity. Yeah. I don't think that there, there's nothing there that's a, sh- telling me that she's an adaptation of Mary Jane. Okay. So I, I recognize her just as her own character. She okay. has a, pretty much outside of the initials nothing in common with any yeah. comic version. So I just think of her as her own entity, yeah. and I like it. Yeah. I like her as her own entity. I'm just yeah, uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I just I'm glad that. She she has a great personality because like I agree, uh you know uh, uh Kristen Kristen Dunst Kristen Dunst Kirsten Dunst, she's fine yeah and like I, I just didn't want another one of those and this is like she feels like a real like like she feels like a millennial like someone I would hang out with like uh-huh. the type of person she is and like and again it helps that they're dating the chemistry is off the charts man like yeah. every time they're on screen together it's 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 magical for no, me. one of my favorite scenes is a scene on the bridge between him and between Pierre and MJ <sighs> I wish they did not like show this... that in the trailer that yeah. pisses me off so much yeah but the whole the way that see, that whole scene went, because I thought it was gonna go straight from, oh, she just wanted to know if he, if he was Spider Man or not. She does like him, like she will st- tell him obviously. But the whole getting up to that point where the trailer, where the projector comes out, it's like, and they see the elemental go, and then he's like, nope, you're right, I'm Spider Man. We're we're in this neck deep now, and she's like, okay, I just had really trouble because I really do like you, but oh my god, really, really, you're Spider Man? No, 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 joking, holy shit. Just that whole scene where it goes from a 182, it's going to be a heartbreaking moment for Peter because the girl he had a crush on was only following him because she just wanted to play her own hunch. And then it turns into, and it gets revealed that she really wasn't just trying to play her hunch. Yeah. It turns into that she really does like him. I was like, okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. But just right. the whole realization, like the look of Tom Holland's face when he's like, I am Spider Man yeah. and we need to go. Yeah. Right I messed now. up real bad. Um, yeah. The, the scene really that that spoke to me most with their chemistry and how good they are together um, is, is uh, when he comes back to the hotel after the party and, uh-huh. and he left the opera and, and she's like, so you left your opera? He's like, yeah, I got sick or whatever. I got lost. Uh, and he's like, you want to like, I don't, I don't want this trip to be over. Like, do you just want to hang out and do something? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, I'll see you in 10 minutes. I'll see you in five. Like they, they like each other so much. And you guys remember how being a teenager was and like how, oh, yeah. how like, awkward and like anticipatory it could be and like just them walking together and like almost touching hands it's just like it made me feel like i was a kid again dude like that type of romance is like so uh it's so emotional it makes me feel so so real uh i really like the scene where she comes up and says bo yeah oh yeah uh that that's for me like the the chemistry pinpoint of them i'm like okay they work yeah, yeah. Um, because she, we're having to be sold on like a whole new relationship for peter from the previous spider-man film yes uh and that's that's a turn Yes. Um, but they, I think they pull it off pretty well. Uh, I will say something just real quick on the MJ thing. She is not Mary Jane Wanted, no. But she is Michelle Jones. She is she is the MJ of this universe. I don't think we're going to see a redheaded Mary Jane show up anytime no, soon. Neither, no, neither yeah. am No, no, I just want to like... Either. I'm just like, I'm, I think it's cool that this is his MJ and this is a version of an MJ. Yeah. I, I, it's a different okay. take. It's a different take. Yeah. And I, I, that for me, I, I think it's cool. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. This is not MJ, but like, f- this is, they, it, it's kind of MJ. It's, uh, it's they, semantics. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're practically different characters. Yes. Um, uh, I think Martin Starr gets a lot of great play in this film. Hell yeah, he does. Uh, as the teacher. And mm-hmm. I really like it. What a, what a, what did he show up in Hulk? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Jeez, man. And then, uh, and then Spider-Man Homecoming. That's in so here. good. Uh, he has a lot of excellent moments. Uh, His wife in this got movie. pretended to. His out. wife pretended to blip <laughs> on him. That's so rough. That's that's. He overhears good. Ned about the about the uh, perfume. perfume allergy, and he like jumps to, and goes to the rescue. 
Yes. It's like, oh, oh, you're trying. Uh, JB Smooth was the other was like the other teacher. Uh, I, I, he was okay. I, some of the jokes didn't work for me as much. Witches. Witches. Yeah. I like, like the, his. I like the witches joke. It went. He said it like four times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was okay. He was. Yeah, he was fine. Uh, he didn't. He didn't offend me, but I. I wasn't like. Uh, you know, drawn to his performance at any particular yeah. moment either. Yeah. Um. That's fine. Uh. You know, we we. There's a lot of characters all, in this already. It all works fine. Yeah. Um. Here's a fun fact from the comics. Uh. Ned Leeds is the hobgoblin, and he's married to Betty Brant in the comics. Uh. Then they break up. Uh. I doubt they're gonna make Ned Leeds the hobgoblin, since this character's clearly ganky. Gen- yeah. Mm. Why they don't just? I mean, I know why they don't call him ganky, but why call him Ned? <laughs> Well, I call I him Ned Leeds, who's the Hobgoblin. Man. I don't uh, think they're going to make yeah. that character the Hobgoblin. Uh, well, what a what twist if he's the Hobgoblin. If he becomes a Hobgoblin, that'd be pretty sweet. What a long con. Yeah. I actually hate Spider-Man. Yeah, that'd be yeah. really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got going on in this movie? Uh, I really like when he pops up uh, and he's like, Sir, I can help. I'm real strong and sticky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got the jester mask on. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Because yeah. that, that'll, that'll fool any of his high school classmates. Yeah. Totally. Uh, man, yeah, the, the spidey action. The spider action's real good in this. The like, web- a lot of great web like Oh, yeah, web the web sling was great. And also, well, um, I feel like one of the biggest, okay, not problems, but a thing that came up a lot when I was watching the anime cartoon back in the 90s was Spider-Man would run out of web a lot. It became a big. It's thing just a plot device. Where man. he's just yeah, like, yeah, oh, damn, I, I'm out of webs. I don't know why, but the fact that in the in this movie, the very climax where he's like, oh no, no more webs. It's like, ah, uh, okay. Uh that didn't bother me because no, it didn't bother me because okay, cool, I was okay, like, cool, okay, okay, it's it's a pro it's a problem that was, it was something that for me being a longtime Spider-Man cartoon fan was how what's Spider-Man gonna do without his primary weapon, his webs, and then. Peter figures, then he figures it out. It's like, okay, I don't need my webs to get through to get through this problem. Yep. Um, the one thing that bothered, I know we're talking about a whole lot of pauses, but it just no man, go bug, for it. It bugs me to my core that they call it the Peter Tingle. I know it's just this thing that they're doing for this movie. They're probably gonna call it Spire Sense later. Uh, it just bugs it, me to high heaven. So it doesn't bother me at all, and mostly because like I don't think they've ever called it. Um, Spider Sense or Spidey Sense in the in the films. I don't think they've ever like given they, it a name. They've never they named never it. Have. As, uh, it, as it's far not, as I can remember, they never have. It's not something that I think necessarily needs to have a proper name. Nor do I think that it it needs to be named at all. Um, I think the Peter Tingle thing because it comes from May yeah. is fine. And in relation to no. Happy, which again adds to their like like, like the weird relationship that he has with them. So mm-hmm. so him saying Peter Tingle, yeah, yeah, is just I I I'm a fan of it. Um, I don't need them to ever say it again outside of this movie. I don't think they will. No. Uh, but I, it didn't, it didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, what, what I wish it didn't bother me, but what I wish they had done with it is, uh, I think that you can draw the conclusion that he's having issues with his spider sense because of this uncertainty and this stress that he's under. That is one thing that they didn't. Um, that I wish they just would have left alone, if not go into it more, because they talked exactly, about it yes. barely. Well, yeah. see that that's the whole thing is that I feel like this is again like I think there is a a clear overarching narrative, and who knows what got left on the cutting room floor, but there is a clear overarching narrative of like Peter is carrying a burden from the loss of Tony he's Stark. Too stressed. That is a part of what's happening. If you directly tell me that that is related to why he can't, he's having trouble using his spider sense. That gives me something to latch into. There's a there's a growth arc here. See Spider Man too uh, for that. Yeah, uh, and the 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 fact that that isn't played into really and bums see, me out. When 
it, it initially wasn't a problem because at the beginning I took that first scene with the banana yeah. as he doesn't see Aunt May as a threat, so he doesn't perceive, he doesn't use his spider sense. Sure. But then later, Happy says, "I heard your senses and it's working." Yeah, yeah. So to to double confirm, he is having problems with it. Right. And they do not they do not show that in the movie at all. It's, like they don't they don't he, he doesn't mention oh my senses isn't working. Yeah, yeah. They just re mention the joke again. Yes. And I'm like. But I don't feel that it's not there. You're still dodging stuff like Spider-Man. Except for, except for the fact that like he didn't when he was with Mysterio the first time. The first time, because it's then, crazy illusion. Sure, yeah, and you, you can make that argument, but it yeah. would have played better if you had made this thematically tied yeah, to this story that you seem to be telling of like Peter is not himself right now because he's allowing this Tony thing to mess him up and he needs to center himself. It makes and me he, wonder if that was a partially over, like part of the overall thing they just they did not want to do another Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and, and on the... On the the original Fact Raimi, of, the banana, yeah. of the banana thing, I thought about that, and I'm like, yeah, but in Civil War, he's, he doesn't perceive Tony as a threat, and he's able to catch his web without looking at him when Tony tosses it at him. I think that just might be good reflexes. I mean, no, that's definitely spider sense. He's not even looking at him. He's okay. not even looking at him at all. He catches it from behind his head. Gotcha. Uh, it, so the banana thing falls in that same category, which is where I'm saying that you, you clearly like had the makings of making this a part of his arc, you should have just explored that, put that in there, Makes made, me it, think made it part of it. Some stuff got cut, but because you can't cut the Peter Tingle part because that's such funny. It's so funny. It, yeah. and, but it, 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 it makes sense too. It's, it's, uh, it, it's the same idea of like uh, Tony having to overcome not having at full access to his suits in Iron Man 3 while he's dealing with his trauma. Yeah. It's Peter having to overcome his uh, difficulties, his mental barriers he's putting up because of what's happened to Tony and where he's feeling at in the world that he has to be like, oh man, I've got to like, if I don't do this, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to beat him. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. They didn't go into that at all. I also think it's super weird that the Spider-Man mask closes his eyes when he closes his eyes for a long time. Yeah, because it doesn't blink. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough to upset me. It's just odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I really, it's so, it's so bizarre. I really like the film. I do. Um, I just, I do feel like there's some kind of like narrative reason. Uh, and I really do liken it to Iron Man 3 a lot uh, after seeing it a second time. I think Iron Man 3 was very much going for a similar like exploration of uh, something major happened to the character and now what are they going through. And it feels like this movie really wanted to do that, but I don't think they saw it all the way through. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah, um, and that's that's unfortunate. Uh, but oh, one I, thing, but I, I think, but I think everything related to Mysterio is fantastic. Yeah, um, I think that uh, all the all the really good bits like a uh, night monkey night monkey and, uh, i want a pop lot, of night monkey yeah a whole lot of the uh the other things that they do to to fill it in really work um i think we could have sacrificed some things to have explored more of what personally is happening with peter i think where this falls short of homecoming is uh even even with um, it's not as tight even with homecoming's narrative falling a little short i feel like i did get a personal exploration of peter parker in this one i feel like I don't go as deep into what's going on with Peter as I want to. Yeah, I can agree. Um, and I'll go back to, like, this is something I talked about long before this movie was coming out, that I really wanted them to tie in the connection between Peter's loss of, of Tony mirroring his loss of Uncle Ben not long ago. Uh, and the fact that that's not paid any lip service at all, it, it bums me out a little. Um, they have the one thing that that we've ever seen him have from Ben, which is his bag, and that's apparently destroyed. And yeah. All right, uh, so I just I just wish that uh, that there had been a moment 
but where May even recognized something that maybe even Peter was ignoring is how similar this was. And she's like, I like this could have tied into like May recognizing that he's in distress and that's why he can't use his spider sense and, and kind of talking to him like, look, I can understand where this feels really familiar and blah, blah, blah. And just to set up that idea. And so we can get a window into what Peter's thinking as he's going through the rest of the film would have helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, but I, do, I don't need it because I think the problem I think the problem with specifically, and this is what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I've seen a lot of people online not like this movie, not even for the fact you know if it's a good or bad movie. It's the fact that there's a it's there's it's a part Iron Man movie, and people just don't like that Iron Man is so tied directly to Spider Man. Sure, and I get that, I understand that, uh-huh. but this is not the comics. This is not the television show. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe where his father figure is Iron Man. That's that's the way the cookie crumbles in this universe, right? And I think people... So I've seen some people be un, un, pretty unfair to this movie simply because they're calling it Iron Man Jr. too. And I'm like, I think that's very unfair. That I think ext- that's unfair too. I, 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 I completely unfair. get why people want their Spider movies to be only Spider-Man. They made, they made five of those movies that weren't connected to anything else. That's the nature of this universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is not me attacking you guys. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but I just... I want... Th- you guys kind of just said it like you guys have no problems with like because this is the only movie I think I think the next movie is not going to be any Iron Man I think this is a very reactionary movie to both Homecoming and Endgame and, and it has to be and it has yeah. to be so I, I and this movie has like again this doesn't uh, this doesn't say anything about anything but it has a really high Rotten Tomato score yeah, and after yeah. I saw it I was like man I feel really high on this movie I can't be the only one and people really like this movie and I'm just, I'm just glad like that Iron Man fatigue like isn't there because like I don't think that's very fair. <laughs> yeah, I I and I I, I want to be clear like I, I'm I'm being I'm I'm really happy with the film. I do like it. Um, it's more that I find even as I was going into it, I was anticipating like I think even before Endgame came out, I knew Tony Stark was going to die, and I knew that Spider Man Far From Home was going to have to deal with Peter dealing with the fallout of Tony's death. Yeah, and I'm always all here for it. I just wish that was more actually intrinsically a part of his story. If you're going to do it, then really commit to it. And I feel like they only half. Maybe 75% committed to I would to say it. 75 yeah, yeah, I would say like 75% too, and I wanted them to commit the full 100%. Tell me a story about Peter getting over the grief of losing the second father figure in his life. Yeah. Tell me that story. I want to see it, uh, and, I wish that, and I wish that it had been followed through 100% because I don't feel like it was. I feel like it was almost there, yeah, I but agree. it wasn't quite. And, uh, and it, I really do think that just some slight alterations, like, like having May point out the similarities, or something to tie in his spider sense to being tied to it so we know that Peter's in this state of distress that he's not acknowledging all these things could have just at least made it feel like yeah. this is someone this this should have been a film about like when you're a young person getting over grief yeah uh and like moving past it mm-hmm. and i'm i'm bummed that that got waysided so hard uh and and i could have lost some of the romantic exploits of chasing mj to have more of that explored I could have almost had MJ be more of a friend. To him I would say get rid of the Ned and Betty stuff because I think the MJ Peter stuff is is super great. I think it's super great too. But I almost would have found this because that's the point of his I journey is, it, is to get MJ. Yeah, yeah. You can't I, take that stuff out. Well, I would have found it a a more interesting thing if MJ had been able to be the person to see the window into where Peter was at and get him. And, and be able to branch, branch, reach the branch out to him and, and say, like, you need to talk about this. 
The fact that you're not talking about something that's clearly bothering you is bad. Yeah. That, as an exploration of someone post-grief, would have uh, attracted me more to it. And I wouldn't have minded if, like, not, not that, like, you lose Peter and MJ connection, but maybe you don't go for the 100% full in a relationship yet. Yeah. You go for this, like, really close bond because of this. Um, it, 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 I honestly think it's... Because, like, we know how, like, Marvel doesn't want to do anything they've tried, they've done before, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, as much as we want, like, core Spider-Man stuff, they did that five times. And, like, as much as, like, Uncle Ben's tied to that, like, now we have Tony Stark, and as much as we want Uncle Ben, like, they're just... I don't think they're going to touch it. I mean, even without touching the Uncle Ben stuff, like, even though I think that's a, a bummer to not acknowledge the similarity at all, Yeah. E- even just keeping this locked into Tony Stark, this should still this still had an opportunity to actually commit to the story being about an exploration of what happens with Peter after that. Yeah. And, and again, uh, it makes me wonder if after Iron Man 3, which is an entire story about PTSD, they didn't want to do that again. Like, it, it's but, this almost is like a, but this is a different kind of PTSD. No, uh, no I know, but they didn't want... I, I, I fear that like, they don't, they don't want to make the same thing over again ever again. Like, no matter how even slightly close to something it is. That's that's unfortunate. It is, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think that... It, the movie's really good. I, I think that there was a slightly better movie inside of it that, oh, yeah. that didn't see the light of day, and that's a bummer. I agree with that. Uh, that's that's kind of where I end up at. Uh, ben, do you have anything else you want to say in uh, relation to some of this? No, I, I don't. I got nothing. And that's and that's me being like, that's I, I understand that's like that's really what I wanted out of a Spider-Man movie, and I and I still really enjoy a lot of what it gave me. I just uh, I, I I'm bummed that I'm not I I'm not going to get that, and I think that would have been a, a really cool story. I think this could have been. Uh, especially for the age that Peter's at, such a great exploration of what he's going through. Um, so we get to the end of the film. Spider-Man! Um, I do like, by the way, uh, the sequence with him on the jet with Happy. and, and That is super cute. Building through the suit and everything. I think um, John Favreau, when he goes to turn on the music, makes the Spider-Man thwip hand to you, do it. Because I think, yes, I t- was watching it the second time. And I think he reaches for the button like this with the with the Spider-Man uh, hand symbol nice. and everything. Um, I think he was doing it in just kind of a fun joking way because you almost can't fully see the motion. Uh, and that it's, you know, just something that wasn't entirely supposed to be in the cut, but it is. And just it's like Spider-Man. Cute. I, like, oh, I too I, love Led Zeppelin. Oh, yes. I love Led Zeppelin. I was like, uh. Uh, and there's, there is like a really sweet uh, moment of like clearly... Uh, Peter doing some similar motions to Tony and Happy watching him. I, I think that's very tender. Yeah. Um. Uh, I and I I just wish that 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 was more present. The whole idea of the the Edith thing too. Uh. I I hope that doesn't not go anywhere in the future. Uh. That that Tony left this. And I'm not even saying directly with Peter, but like that that Tony left this behind. That I hope that serves a larger purpose down the road. Yeah. Of uh, Tony having left this important gift. Um. But yeah, so he creates the new suit. Uh, he beats Mysterio. That whole sequence is awesome. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Um, all that really works uh, well. The the just real quick, like the like when he enters the hologram and there's just like a hundred drones flying around, yeah. and the way yeah. he takes them out is like it's just so cool. It's so Spider Man. Yes. I love it. Yes, it I really great. like it. Um, I really like that this this did do the, the the other thing I like about the jet is it allowed us to get a sense of how smart Peter is, uh, like the the how tech savvy he could be on his own. Uh, what he can plan, what he can do, and I, I appreciate that because that's an important element of that character mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is that he is very intelligent. Um, so uh, we get to the end of the movie and we get to the first post credits. Uh, is Mysterio, is Mysterio dead? Yeah. Uh, do we actually think he's dead? I think he's dead. I think Quentin Beck died because Edith tells him no illusions are there. That's true. So Quentin Beck died. 
But so I think who Quentin made Beck, who made that William, altered William okay. because we see yeah. William with the download. And oh, everything. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but I think Quentin Beck also planned it because he said I have contingencies. He and did. He's rebooting something with William that we don't see happen. Yeah. I think Quentin and the way that Quentin Beck says his last line like uh, people will believe anything. Yeah. He's coming back. I I don't know that he's coming back. But Mysterio's think, coming back. Yes, I, mean. I think Mysterio will come back. I think William will use Mysterio again in the future, and we will see the imagery of Quentin Beck. Sinister. But the person himself is dead. Sinister. Six. I think the person himself, Quentin Beck, is dead. Yeah. But I think he knew that he was going to get Peter Parker back for this. Mm-hmm. That he was going to tear this apart anyway. Yeah. Um, and so we get to that ending, and it is... Uh, it is really cool. We get J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson. Well, we, first of all, we get like the first true, real, like city swinging sequence. We do, yeah. which is awesome. Which it looks great. And yeah, it's, it does. It, it's, again, mm-hmm. it's a complete like one eighty of like, oh, MJ loves swinging, and she like hanging out with Peter. Like she hates it. She never she wants hates, to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Her hair's all frizzy. I totally get yeah, it. She's like, nope, nope, never again. It doesn't Super help cute. that Peter like kind of dropped her for a moment. There. Oh my god, totally dropped <laughs> oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, yeah. yeah, I really like the sequence where he's swinging through, and it's like, don't text and swing, and he yeah. really fumbles it, but he saves it. And, He's got he's got a comfortable confidence swinging through the city, mm-hmm. um, and that's cool. Uh, Don't text and swing. He does a he does a, uh, a selfie. Yeah. PS4 selfie. Happy and Happy and May are super awkward. Oh my god. Uh huh. Are they I dating? Uh, who knows? Yeah. It's great. Uh, I have to say, my favorite part of the movie was J.K. Simmons' reveal. That so whole the, thing. the very 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 end yes, of the movie. Yes, I know the killer. very 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 end of the movie. <laughs> that's fine. Is that because J.K. Simmons is iconic? I mean, he even did that thing for that one uh, uh, podcast or something of. Of like what if J.K. Simmons was doing his thing during oh, yes, the blitz, yes, yes. Uh-huh. and I don't know, and obviously it's it's true now. But he said, I believe he has said before this movie came out that if they ever wanted him to come back as J. Jonah Jameson, he would do it. Oh yeah, he's, and of course he's been one hundred percent down. And now and to see him back and so tight lipped about it is like I'm de- I am so happy. I was so jazzed when I saw him talking about how about how Spider Man killed Mysterio and about oh how he believes all this. I kind of like how the Daily Beast is one of the greatest heroes in our entire history. Yeah. Mysterio is the greatest superhero of all time. That's yeah. hilarious. I love, I love how um, how the Daily Bugle.net is kind of like Infowars. 100%. Uh, sorry, I want to jump back to something I just thought of real quick when right. we were talking about that Quentin Beck. Um, when Quentin Beck does the sacrifice move, uh, the fake sacrifice against the fire el- elemental, and Peter's like, no, don't do it. Yeah. Uh, if Peter had had like traumatizing flashback to Tony sacrificing himself, that would have helped push him to the point of like this guy's the new Stark. That would have helped me too to to buy into Peter shoving off that yeah. responsibility. So fast. I still I agree they probably should have honed in that more. But I think that being the sacrificial movie is supposed to indicate. I think it still. is too. I think it is too. I just wish that that had been. Uh, I don't even know that in that scene it needed to be uh, so much more intrinsically tied to this is where Peter's mindset would be. But I need to know he was kind of in that headspace before that moment. I gotcha. That that's kind of how I feel because I do feel like he's like. Oh, this responsibility Mr. Stark gave me the moment I could get rid of it. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, so it would have helped, I think. Uh, anyway, Jameson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, incredible, obviously. Super and, incredible. And this is, okay, so this is the coolest part because, again, I didn't want this movie to be a big multiversal event with sure, other things. Sure, But the fact that J. Jonah Jameson looks the same in this universe as he does in another universe makes it a multiverse movie. 100%. It's the same. In this because, universe. like, like doppelgang- doppelgangers. 
Oh, okay. So, like, if he's the same Jameson in multiple universes, meaning there could be a Tobey Maguire walking around in this universe. Oh, oh, I got There's what an Andrew saying. Garfield I walking around saying. in this universe. Got it. Okay. That's what I mean. Yes. So, yes. I, I, this is their subtle way of doing their own live-action, like, Spider-Verse thing. Got it. Thing. Okay. It's I'm the small you. steps. I'm with you. Because that's, mm. like, it, it's not a big thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but this sets the stage for an actual multiverse. In a way. In yeah. a way. Yeah. Uh, it's not like that's the Jameson from the Raimi movies. It's the Jameson from this universe. No, yeah, yeah, right. It, it's just like it's the same actor, meaning that they look the same. Meaning we can get Tobey Maguire as a character. We can get Andrew Garfield as a character. Yeah, like Spider Verse. Uh, we, we could. I don't expect it. Um, I after Jameson, dude. I expect everything. I a hundred percent. They can do I don't anything. Think, I don't think. Did you ever expect Jameson to come back? Honestly, yeah, yeah. The character, Jake or J.K. Sims. Simmons, yeah. Yeah, on some level, I I didn't I wouldn't have been surprised. I don't feel like getting J.K. Simmons back means everything's on the table for multiverse stuff. I, I know do. that it leaves that possibility. I don't. My point being, yeah. I don't think Kevin Feige's thinking Spider Verse. I don't think he. Is. I, I'm not specifically meaning you know the movie we just got where it's seven Spider Mans. No, I, think I agree. I agree. They they said the word multiverse like they put that in our brains for a reason, and then they showed us J.K. Simmons. Like, I think it's not going to be a big grand thing that's the next movie, but I think this yeah, is yeah. their subtle way of saying, hey, guys, get ready for crazy shit. I think I think the reality that it could happen is it definitely exists. I yeah. think even the reality of, like, multiverse, yes, this absolutely means that. Will Do I think we'll ever see, like, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield uh, cross back over? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so at all. All right. Um, I believe in Kevin Feige more. I uh, that's yeah. fine. It's not something I think is on like the the bucket list of desires over other things. Yeah. Well, of course, um, over other things, but like you can get a five second cameo and it'll be real fun. I I it, maybe it could yeah. go it could go either way. Ben, what I do just you think? don't think so. If it happens, it happens. If we got J.K. Simmons, okay. If we Good got answer. JK, if it happens, it happens. I know. If we get J.K. Simmons back, cool. I don't think this is honestly, Ryan. I I think you're looking a little too deep into this. Yeah. I think it's just. Um, the actor that a lot of people know who used to play the same character, he thinks. So got is, him is back. he gonna be? Is he not gonna be in the next movie? I would hope he is. I want to see J. John Jameson back because I James... expected him to be fully involved in the next movie. So no, I. I mean I do too. Yeah. I think what Ben is saying that it, I'm saying it that does... the fact that uh, this, with you saying that this could be the doorway into a greater universe, yeah. I think you're really looking into some trying to find something here. Okay, I think it was just a good cameo to like, hey, we got him back. He's gonna be back. You're welcome. Okay. I think it was just a nod to us longtime Spider-Man film fans. It's like we got the same guy from that last movie or from the from the previous films. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought it. Uh, far more prevalent to me is that no, far I, from home. I really like the uh, fact that this kind of turns Spider-Man into being that, that potential menace that people could look at. And I was like, oh, I'm all for this. I'm all for this idea that like the, the world could like – oh, I don't know about Spider-Man anymore, and that could be a conversation that people have, and there will be people who are fans and people who aren't, and I'm like, I'm, co- I'm cool with it, and Jameson's mm-hmm. pushing it, and I'm like, I'm glad we're setting so this up. So what happened? And, and, then, and then they revealed that he is Peter Parker. <laughs> it kind, of, kind of like in a Far From Home where it ends with the what the F, and then... Yeah, yeah exactly the same. Uh, and I'm not, at the moment, 100% here for it. I'm down. Uh, I find it... Slightly short-sighted. I I don't expect that the genie will ever go back in the bottle uh, on this uh, decision. So like the world's always going to know he's Spider-Man now, and I, I'm not 100% here for that. So I want to get I want to talk to you real quick and get sad. Let's get sad real quick. If we think about how many movies all these people have done, uh-huh. uh huh. Like okay, Chris Evans, right? He did three Captain Americas and four Avengers, right? Uh-huh. So he so uh, Tom Holland's done two Spider-Man. He's gonna do what? Let's see one more sequel. So three Spider-Man. He did two Avengers movies. He did a Captain America movie. Yeah. I 
I this seems like the right trajectory considering the second Captain America movie he was a criminal. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's we got to move fast and I understand where you're coming from like do we want a 16-year-old Peter Parker like this is all very fast for for the world to already know that he exists. Uh-huh. Again, this is the MCU. This is not the comics where it's 50 years, you know. I don't think he might only have two or three movies left. I doubt that. Tom Holland's already said that he wants to be Spider-Man for a long time. Okay. And that's his So the whole thing is that like Tom Holland's younger than everybody else. Yeah. He was younger than everybody else when he started and everybody else kind of had an idea of how long they wanted to do this. And then some people were like, yep, that's how long I want to do this. And some people, Chris Hemsworth, were like, I want to keep doing this for longer. Tom Holland has already said he wants to do it for a long time. So it would be entirely their choice, not his, if he stopped being Spider-Man right yeah. now. And I don't think we're we're near there. I don't yeah. think that that is a desire, that they I, want to stop there was Peter the, Parker. There was Spider-Man. the idea that Sony takes back Spider-Man 2. I mean, yeah, that that I don't think that they're doing it, though. I think that... Sony's probably okay with where things are at. Especially since this movie already made them $500 million. Yeah. I think they're fine. Uh, I just, I, 23 movies in, I have no reason to believe that their story choices are going to make a bad choice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I this has happened in the comics multiple times well, where people I, know I who he is. I think I know like, where you're heading with with that train of thought, Ryan. What? I still think it's way too early for Miles Morales. That is not idea, the idea I was going for at really? all. Really? Yeah, not at all. This has happened multiple times in comics, and it always sorts itself out. Like I think this is just going to be a fun story point for the next movie to ha- to bring in the Spider-Man menace or hero aspect of it that people are waiting for. You know, when he does grow up a little bit, and he okay. is a New York hero. I think that's what the next movie is going to focus on, on like how he actually learns about being responsible when people don't like him instead of being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I mean, I'm all for that part. I just kind of wish that they didn't know he was yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah, that's the part that I'm not super crazy about. My my whole thing is that like. I, I wish that if we were at the point where pe- where the world finds out he is Spider-Man, that there were more villains I knew about out there that this is a problem now that they know. Instead, I can only think of Scorpion. Um, Vulture? Vulture already knew. Yeah. And also isn't after him. Yeah. He actively protected him, so that's not one. Yeah. Uh, the Mysterio gang also knew, so they're not people who didn't know who now found out. Scorpion's the only person I, I know of who didn't know who now knows. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dang, here comes Scorpion. Uh, it, I wish that we were another film or so deep so that there was a roster of like, oh man, he got busted. There's so many people that are going to be after him uh, or that kind of idea. And I, and my this, pitch for this the third feels, movie. this feels, hold on yeah, just sorry, a second. Sorry, ahead, this feels short sighted to me yeah. that uh, I don't expect them to reverse this decision. I don't see how that could be done in a way that wouldn't feel like kind of uh, in a sense, a cop out. Um, and it feels like when, you, when you've got this character so set up, it just feels so, like, he's not even done with high school. We're so early, we didn't have to do this. Uh, it feels really uh, quick to pull the trigger. And I'm of two minds about it, because I'm also like, if Quentin Beck were going to do this, Quentin Beck does know who he is. Why wouldn't he reveal him? So I understand the logic of that. I just really wish that there was more time with Spider-Man being a secret identity, and, and now he's going to be outed. And, and I trust that I'll like the movie that's to come. It doesn't change the fact that I think on a narrative level that that this is early that's fair yeah and it it, yeah uh, it does seem early uh this is technically the fifth movie he's been in right it's the fifth movie he's been in. so like i mean i it is it is it is seems fast like for me like uh uh, it didn't bother me at all like it seems like another another arc where i'm like oh this 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 version of spider-man wow he's getting he's getting known real early interesting uh, I think what makes me the most nervous about it is the potential for this. If he stays known for the rest of the time, it does force him to be in this Iron Man mantle. 
that I didn't want him to be because now he is like him. He'll be known. Uh, if he's not on the run after the next film, then every the world knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man and everybody looks to Peter Parker for these things. Uh, and we could get that like terrible version uh, from the comics that we got for a while where Parker was running his own industries. Like a I know how much you don't like that. dance a lot. Uh, I get it. I know. Um, it, but it's just it's just not the it's just not the Spider-Man story you know that I that I want to watch, and I worry that this is gonna push him towards that that being an Iron Man persona. Yeah, uh, and I hope that's not where it's going to go. Um, judging how this movie ends, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking down the road, not oh, yeah. immediately into the next film. That's ah, impossible to tell. Uh, yeah. But but if I'm he's, talking about making old man Logans from now, we but, no way to. But know. if he's uh, if he's always known to be Spider Man, um, until just, he dies, until he dies, and Miles takes over. If that's a lot of films from now, that's a bummer that it's known that long. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, it's just like it's a story aspect where like I, I don't think it's a bad idea to try out in this new version of Spider-Man. That's all. Mm. I don't think it's a bad idea. Because like we've gotten every single incarnation of Spider-Man up to this point. Like, why not try something new where he gets found out when he's young? Like, see what happens. I know it's not your ideal Spider-Man. No, you're, yeah. It's, it's not. I, and I mean, like, I, I'm not... I'm not saying I won't even like change my mind or like it down the road, but my initial feeling right now is that this is this is uh, early for me. I don't like it. I, I don't. You. I don't like that choice narratively. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you. I'm loving the thoughts, Ben. Anything else? Nah. Cool. <laughs> I love it. No, I I don't have this much thoughts on the on the movie. I mean, yeah, the whole my thought on him on his uh man, I'm stirring. Oh my gosh, I must be more tired than I thought I was. His identity getting found out, especially when with of the later films down the line, because I do want Tom Holland to be Spider-Man for a lot longer. And you're right. I probably would appreciate it more when he does have a more established rogues gallery. We, we do know that he has like maybe a Green Goblin, a Rhino, um, a legitimate Doc Ock, Doc Ock, and they all figure out he's Spider-Man. It's like, okay, now we can Sinister Sticks, let's ruin his life. Now it's like okay, it's only Scorpion who is the major threat. Hey man, we don't know what the next movie is gonna be. We, you're right, we don't. So maybe the next movie can him and like and again, like it, maybe the next movie can be him trying to figure out how can I disprove that I'm Spider Man but still be Spider Man. Who, who knows? God, who they knows? could do some really stupid stuff with like clone stuff and Ben Riley. Oh. Like I'm not the original Peter Parker. Ooh, that'd be spicy. That yeah, would be spicy. But. Uh, a lot of people have pointed to like this being possible for him to do his whole like when he went going through like a whole bunch of different identities just like he the night monkey thing now like just doing like a whole bunch of like i'm the scarlet spider i'm the da, 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 just trying to throw everyone off by being oh, a whole Lord. bunch of different versions and i'm like well that's not what i want i don't think that yeah i'm not a fan of that yeah, well who knows what's gonna happen i see my i i had an idea uh uh it's your, it's your boy craven craven hunter he uh -huh. hears about the infamous spider-man he comes in new york and he learns that he's a real person peter parker so he starts hunting his family and stuff i'm like that's a personal small scale story you don't need 17 villains just have one guy and he's trying to defeat the spider-man he also knows who he is I, I you know um i think that's cool yeah that's not gonna happen though probably no not if sony's pushing that solo film still uh, can we not? hell yeah morbius <laughs> uh we also not fury's making sword or uh, working on sword oh yeah he's baby. fury sword so, sword swordy so fury let me talk <laughs> to you guys real quick about metal gear solid 5 Spoiler alert. We don't have six hours. <laughs> okay, I just want to talk about it. Okay, so uh, Spider-Man Far From no, Home. No, no, okay. What's, what's no, it's the too late. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Spider-Man Far From Home is real good. I'm, I'm really happy I saw it twice. I'm really glad. No, I what was the Metal Gear Solid thing? I, it's just something Fury's doing, something like big, so, big, yeah, Solid Snake does. It's Sword. 
What? Okay. Don't worry about it. It was <laughs> a joke, Ryan. No, Damn. I, know, I know, buddy. It was a joke. It's uh, this movie has a lot in common with Metal Gear. I just, I just want to make a Metal Gear reference. That's all. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm glad we are getting the hints of sword. That's awesome. It's yeah. again, like I didn't, I didn't want this movie to be like big multiversal, but it's like strangely cosmic. Yeah. Which again, <laughs> why is it at the end of the Spider-Man movie? <laughs> it's mm. weird. I think it's set up for Captain Marvel too. Yeah, I think because normally those end credit sequences are set are set up for other films, so I'm, I, pre- I, I'm pretty sure that was the sword, the air quote sword. Because I even had I want to double check with you. I was like, was that truly sword? Yeah. Or am I getting way too ahead of myself? Uh, that's, it's, it's space shield. That it's has to almost be sword. guaranteed. If it's if it's sword. not sword, then they're just gonna call it space shield, what which the is sh- the exact same thing. That, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I'm pretty sure that Nick Fury up in space with the scrolls is set for Captain Marvel too. Probably. I'm willing to bet. I, I think it's not just uh, Captain Marvel too, but I think just the overall cosmic. Or yeah, the, we, the Earth is going to be more involved with cosmic stuff. We all know that a while back, you know, when J- before James Gunn James was separated Gunn. and then brought back, uh, that everything post three was phase three was supposed to be much more cosmic in nature. Uh, this certainly feels like the setup for that. A one hundred percent. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm still. It's just. It was. It was really cool. I got spoiled by the J.K. Simmons things, by the way. Oh, you yeah. did? I did. It was a shame. It, but it's not a spoiler that made me mad. It was like, wow, are they really doing this? Like, and then, it ha- then I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're really doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, it's, it's crazy that, that he came back. It's really cool to see that. Like, I, it's, it's weird watching a bunch of Spider-Man movies and not having like, a, a media filter in a way. Because you know, Spider-Man 4, or excuse me, Spider-Man PS4 did that very well. The comics do that all the time. Uh, it was it was really nice. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a nice surprise. It really was. It was it was quite a treat. Uh, I was super happy to see him. Why does Ben Mendelsohn sound so bad, but the other scroll sounds so good? Why does why does he why does he sound like he has bad teeth in his mouth? You know what, you know what I mean? You know that you, know what, you hear what I'm saying? I think I, I think it's a choice. Really? <laughs> I think so. I can't understand what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> I, I understand him. I think it's a choice of like how how he just wanted to create a, an affectation of how he talks. Okay, because I can understand Soren very well, and then he's kind of like slurring a little bit. I'm yeah. Like, okay, that's fine. I think it's a I think it's a character choice. I'll accept it. Um. Yeah. Any uh, fi- final thoughts and ratings? I guess is this how we do it, Brandon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah, he said yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't get any of Brandon's thoughts sent to me, so I imagine that uh, next week Brandon will share some of his thoughts on Far From Home in, in response to the things we've said. If you guys here. are hearing a honk, that is the Elote Man. <laughs> oh. He's driving by with Elote right now. If you guys want some sweet corn and mayonnaise and some other good stuff, you hop on by where we live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It just yeah. got louder. Yo, bring yeah. two in here, baby. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Ben. Ben, final uh, thoughts. It was good. I mean, there are parts of it that kind of... that. I didn't like it all that much. It felt like the drag. All the Mysterio stuff was great. All the whole con was really good, and the the Mysterio like tricking Pierre Parker. That whole scene is really well is really trippy. It's really well done. There are times where I didn't, where I had to keep second guessing myself. Like, is that really him? Is that not really him? Like when he shoots Peter on top of the tower, um, the chemistry between him and NJ is really good. I could do with a little less of Ned and, and Betty, but oh well. Um, yeah, all in, it's still a solid film, and I my favorite part that got me giddy the most was seeing J.K. Simmons back. That made me like straight up in my seat, going, "Holy shit, they, he's back! He's back as J- as Jonah. This is great." You heard it here first. Yeah, so I would say seven point five. Still, not, not the greatest of the Spider-Man films, obviously, but still not the worst. So sure, Ryan. My name's Ryan Leopolis. Uh I like this movie a whole lot. Um, oh man, like I. Uh, 
I don't think it's a better movie than Homecoming, but I think I like it more just because like it's just so bombastic in like the ways that I want that I didn't expect it to be. Sure. Um Yeah, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a nine. I really liked it a lot. I think I gave Homecoming like around the same score like I gave Homecoming a ten. Oh wow, look at that. That's a big drop. I I was I'm I was super high on Homecoming and I'm 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 yeah. I'm pretty high on this. Right. Not like not like I didn't like super smoke, but I just kinda smoked. But yeah, I'll give it a nine. I like this maybe a whole shit. Not not hot air balloon hot. Not hot air balloon. That's <laughs> thousands of feet, baby. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I echo a lot of what you guys are saying. Um there's a lot of echoing all the time in this, in this I, podcast. I know. <laughs> I specifically said it because of Brandon. Okay. Um no, I uh I I really enjoy a lot of aspects of it. I, I focus on um critiques and the negatives because uh I I enjoyed so much that those things. I think when I enjoy a film that much, it, it those things stand out even more because uh, it's it's a lot easier for me to enjoy it <laughs> to not say those things about a film that just overall kind of underwhelms me. Uh, when instead I feel like this is a film that was near close to exactly what I wanted and instead falls short. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I I focus in on those a lot, but I I really enjoy Tom Holland's killer. the The whole cast is is killer. They're doing a great job. Um, Mysterio was excellent. Uh, his his whole illusion sequence with Peter is is one of the most imaginative things I've ever seen in any Spider-Man film ever, and that's uh that's going to last the test of time, and that's awesome. Um. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great stuff. I'm glad that uh, Fury and Hill were revealed to be scrolls. I think that really works upon second viewing. Um, props to the both of the actors for playing these alternate versions of themselves, uh, of these characters that they've been playing for so many years. Um, and it's crazy that this is uh, this is where we are, and uh, 23 films in, and this is how we're we're dealing with things. And Iron it, Man's it's dead. Just, it's just evolving, and it's it's great. Um, yeah, much of what I've already said. Uh, I sit at an eight, I think. Yeah, um, pretty comfortable with that. Far from eight. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys uh think that Peter might eventually give Edith to, um, Riri? It is honestly impossible to tell. Yeah. yeah, there's literally no setup at all for her, so like I can't even. I know. It's like I know. Can't even. I I wonder just because he said for the next Tony Stark, and I'm like, man, if we if we get there, that'd be that'd be killer. Yeah, that'd be just killer. Yeah, um, it would. But she's not in this universe as we no, know. No, no, so. of course. As I mean, until know. until it's revealed that like, hey, that little girl in Civil don't War was Riri don't, Williams, don't, don't do this. Iron Man yeah. two, Peter Parker. Don't do it. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll move on into our. Book a club. Ooh. Welcome to the fake nerd comic shop. Yeah, hi. Um do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um anything readable? Alright, so uh it's my book club and I picked Superman Shazam First Thunder, uh by Judd Winnick and Joshua Middleton. Man, remember Judd Winnick? I do because I just read this. No, I mean back when he wrote comics. Oh, because well, he doesn't write comics anymore. Oh well, yeah. I he mean, wrote a lot of comics in the mid two thousands, and he created the Red Hood, and then he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, I wanted. I guess I read more general book than anyone else. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I've uh, read a few. Okay. Um, but I mean, like this this is a standout for me, personally. Um, back when Shazam was coming out, I had to make a choice between two Shazam books, and I ultimately decided on the one that I felt more related to the film and kind of covered Shazam's origins and things like that, and I think that's a great book and everything. Uh, Shazam's about to drop on Blu-ray, so I thought I'd bring this up anyway. Um, 
I almost did a Spider-Man book, but I decided to do this because uh, I really wanted to. Uh, this is an interpretation of the first meeting between Superman and Shazam, and I think it's really bomb. Um, I really like this story. I remember the first time I read it, and you reached the point in the uh, last issue where things uh, go away. I did not anticipate they would in this book, and I thought it was crazy cool. Um, yeah, I really like the characterizations in this. This is also a perfect example of how I f prefer Captain Marvel to be written, or Shazam, uh, as Billy inside of this adult body, and it's very clearly a child. Uh, well, when you hear him talking, that's and, normally and the take. How he interacts, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, the uh, the one we read last time was kind of like its own thing. Uh, it that happens a lot, um, especially in like the older books. The more modern, I was like, I, I've never read a Shazam book that was like the that. The more modern books are much more Billy inside an adult body, but um, previous ones have have made them far more like. Uh, there's the boy and there's the man, and they're two separate uh, identities. So real quick, this is, um, this is a, a complete non sequitur, and I'm sorry, but remember how Midsummer is described as a horrific Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Yes. Somebody said Hereditary is a horrific version of Big. Because they talk about uh, somebody growing a small boy into a big body. It's like, oh, okay. That's big. Okay. Sorry. Hereditary is a great horror movie yeah. to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I thought this book was awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm really glad. I think I think Joshua Middleton is a great artist. This is some of his earlier work, and yeah. I think some of it's a little sloppy. Some of it is. But uh, the characterizations by Judd Winnick is super great, especially, uh, yeah, like the, the end stuff where it got like, real serious. I'm like, yes. I did not expect this. This is really good. It, it takes quite a turn. Yeah, but it's uh, a lot of fun. I really like Savannah being like, just an ass. He's yes. like a he's like a sarcastic ass. Yes, like almost like the almost like the movie version, but like the old gross version in the comics. I'm like, this yeah. is a this is a good version of this guy. Uh, I think the, that the characters of Superman and Shazam are both written really well in this book to feel like their respective characters and not feel like in many ways I feel like right <clears throat> some writers can make them feel like the exact same thing and they're very clearly their own entities here and I think that reflects really well. Uh, yes, I really like the, the plot with Dr. Savannah. Uh, this all has to do with, like, uh, Superman being rather s impressed with Shazam because he's able to deal with magic in a way that Superman's not as good at. Uh, and he's like, wow, this is really cool. And he's just kind of taken with him. And he's like, man, you're a really good dude. I, I really like you and everything. And then Savannah, meanwhile, is really annoyed, uh, with what Shazam's been doing. So he sends a guy to investigate the spec. a weakness for him. Yeah. And uh, he finds out Billy's secret and so sends a team to kill uh, young Billy and they fail, but they wind up uh, killing his best friend, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I was not and that's where it takes a turn. Yeah, yeah. Neither was I. <laughs> um, and the remainder of the book is entirely about uh, Billy in Shazam's body rushing him to the hospital, him dying and him going to Dr. Savannah and being nearly on the brink of killing him and then deciding not to and superman's like oh i gotta go rein him in and that's how superman learns his secret mm -hmm. uh super super touching uh turn to this book i thought it was incredible um the villain stuff that happens before that the magic villains is, is serviceable and fine but it's not really about them so i don't yeah. it doesn't bother me one way or another uh ben how'd you feel about this book i liked it quite a bit i liked how um the book strip says that this is right when all these heroes are starting out yeah. Like we we just heard about Batman. We're getting worried about Batman. We're Batman's here. been around for about a year. Emerald yeah. Knights. We're yeah. before yeah. We're before the Amazon. Before the Speedster. Yeah. Yeah. It was just Superman, Batman before all of them, and then there was my champion. This is all through the Wizard Shazam. Yes. He's telling this uh, narrative, and then <clears> when <throat> Superman and Shazam finally do meet, they're like, oh hey, because they still are trying to gauge their power set. Like Superman, um, like 
Shazam or Captain Marvel in this case, he's always amazed about how far Superman can hear, how far he can see. Yeah, and different then, power sets. Yeah, yeah, and then of course the whole magic thing because Superman does look at it and goes, "Ugh, magic," because I think he knows that he's kind of weak against magic. Yes, and I do like the stuff with Savannah. Like he is just a total jerk, and then like he him going to Lex Corp, just like trying to like screw this guy, just screw you, Lex Luthor, and then. Oh yeah, Lex Luthor and Savannah's yeah. like uh-huh. rivalry, like. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really Luther's good. like, I'll, I'll help you out, but you got to give up all the shares you've been buying for a hostile takeover. Yeah, <laughs> but also we get a very a side of Superman we don't see, which is where Superman's very guarded. Yeah, about like when he's trying to talk about his dad, and then he just stops right in the middle. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I can't tell too much. He's like, dude, it's a story about your dad. I got a, I got it right here. I love this quote. He's like, uh, Superman's like, I'd rather not discuss the specifics of who I am, and Shazam's like, when you're not being Superman. And and Superman's like, yes, I hope you understand. And Shazam's like, yeah, sh- I keep calling him Shazam. Captain Marvel, yeah, I understand. I just think it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big stinker. Like, Because he's, he's just so taken with him. Yeah. Uh, especially when Superman first shows up to lend him a hand. He's just, you see, you see and you hear in his voice the child uh, wonder at seeing Superman in person. Yeah. He's like, hey, you need some help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, they both say "Oh boy!" Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like they're both like yeah. both kids at heart. That's and like holy moly, and of course we get the famous holy a lot moly. of holy bullies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I do like how I forgot how short this uh, this book club is because it's only four issues long, right? And once we got to the scene where um, Billy's friend was shot and killed, and then he goes to just wreck Savannah, uh-huh. it, and then it ends with him with um with uh, Superman telling him his first name, his real first name. It's like, oh, so that's where it ends. Oh, so uh, it go- real quick, before that, uh, when when Superman confronts the wizard, that's my favorite part of this book. Yes, because it's Superman like angry. What did you do? This, he's like, you did this to a child. Like, how yeah, could you? Oh, he's yeah, like, that's right. it's the fate of him. So instead of yelling at me, how about you guide him? Yeah, that was so beautiful. And then he, then then he goes to his yeah. house and he's like, hey, my name's Clark. I'm a big boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, then uh, Shazam. So- Shazam. I know, right? <laughs> Captain Marvel shows him that he's really ten years old. Yeah, and then yeah. Superman's like. Okay. Oh, this That's, explains a lot. Yeah, that, yeah. That I have to sequence. like be. I'm confronting a kid here, so I gotta, I gotta help him out the way an adult would help would guide a child. I have to mentor this guy now. Yeah, I just love the way Superman approaches him because he's angry. He's like, "You crossed the line tonight, sir. We need to talk about this right sir. now." And then, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, Billy's like, "I know I messed up," and he's like, "Are, are you okay?" Because he sees him crying. Yeah, and he explains it all. He's like, "What do you mean your best friend turns into the boy?" And Superman it's it gets so it. touching. Yeah. It's so touching. Yeah. Uh, those last like eight or so pages are just they're they're what make the comic. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's so incredible. Um, this as like a first interaction between the two and, and uh, yeah, Clark Clark going to the wizard and and him saying like, w- what did you do? And he's like, look, he is a boy. You're right. And he needs this guidance. You, but like you it, this is talk. his destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't. There's nothing I can do about it, man. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. And, sorry and, and it's it's really great. It's a great story for both of the characters. And I, I think it shows a lot of good sides to to both. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. The the first time I read it, just the whole sequence of Billy crying and, and showing Superman his real identity, I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. And you know good. what, man? Like, if they just adapted like this exact story yeah. for a movie, right? just ha- Henry Cavill, Zach Levi, uh-huh. this would be 
perfect. Oh, I know. Because you don't need a lot. You already got Savannah. Just get more magical nonsense. Because uh-huh. it's not about them. It's about Superman and Shazam. Right. Or Captain Marvel, whatever. But like, man, this is the template. It's This book is so I, fun. I know. And it's so crisp. And it's like, there's no fat to it. It's just like, it's a nice, fun story about these people learning about each other. And I'm like, man, we're never going to see anything like this on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. This would have been a great great uh Shaz- superman shazam movie even like a even like a, an animated movie like this is like well, this seems is, like very translatable very fun like for a sure. good representation of both those characters yeah actually this kind of is like the animated movie that that uh superman and, Shaz- well the main villain wasn't dr spine it was black, it was black adam, adam. Right? yeah yeah and yeah. i and i think what what works so well is this sense of like a kind of a fun light almost childlike because of the nature of the characters read for you yeah and then scott's shot and it's very quickly not that yeah. anymore. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, this is not I didn't what I was this. ready for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that turn works really well in the narrative. It does, yeah. uh, When Savan is like, uh, I need to escape. Okay, I'll gas up the jet. And it's like, nope, I think I'm going to have to run on the ground. <laughs> is, is, it, is it this book where... where um like oh like we're not even sure if this kid is his friend. He's like oh then then I'll just kill a kid and I don't really care. Yeah. Does, doesn't Savannah uh, say something? He like says that? he say says that. like we don't even know if this kid is definitely Captain Marvel. And he's like well then I'll have killed an innocent child and I won't lose any sleep over it. There you go. Yeah, and that's yeah. the line where I'm like oh my like God, he says so I'll good. get over it. Yeah, if he I'll get over he it. Just killed an innocent kid. He says I'll get yeah, over yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is yeah this is a, a a nice a nice book, a nice fun book. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I think if uh, anybody's ever curious, they want to read like what an interpretation of these two characters' meaning would be. I think this is an excellent book for that. Man, this is because like I'm trying to think of other examples. Like the only thing I think like I think of like Injustice, but that's not those characters. Sure, sure. Uh, like this is like again like a perfect representation of like, hey, do you want to know about these two guys? And this is it's it's a pretty brisk read. Yeah, uh, it's definitely worth reading. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. I loved I'm, it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Heck yeah. Uh well then that I think next week is Ben's book club. It is Ben's book club. Oh, it ben, is my book club. It sure is. Same time every month. Oh man, I always keep. <laughs> no, I always I like plan. I was like, okay, what can I, should I pick for my book club? And then I completely forget when it's actually my turn. Sorry, so, buddy. We o- I think all of us forget. I'll let like you guys know. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I thought it was Brandon's book club. So week, we have some things. This book club um, last week. It was Emerald. And there's a uh, giveaway happening. Oh really? Yes. That's us. Uh, there is a giveaway happening, and uh, you can go to our Instagram to get more details about all of that. Uh, Brandon has that information, so that's going up. Um, is it a Spider-Man? It is a Spider-Man-related giveaway. Cool. Uh, yeah, check out our Instagram for the rules and everything. That, that should be up, I think, now. I think it happened while we were recording this. Uh, we have a YouTube. Check out our YouTube. Hell yeah, we do. Uh, our Annabelle Comes Home uh, review special and our conjuring discussion have gone up. She came home, and our basement arcade episodes keep going up, and yep. we are discussing Swamp Thing. Basically, and all kinds anything of fun James Wan related, we talk about. We yeah. talk about it. We yeah. talk about it all. All right, uh, yeah. So check that out. Uh, please go to our YouTube. Uh, this podcast episode will also be up on there. Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, we are a Funko affiliate. Uh, you can use the link in our description and uh, use promo code SHOP10 for 10% off of your purchase. 10, 10, 2, 20. And that uh, kicks back to us. Uh, Patreon, we have one. That's that. Uh, Wait, <laughs> you said kickback, and I just bought a jazz from Transformers. This looks like a cool place to, to kick, kick it. it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, T Public, uh, the, these links are in our description. You can go to our T Public and uh, get shirts or mugs or whatever fun stuff they have over there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that will do it. End of our show. So Buy a shirt uh, for your mug. Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. I love you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Jeremy Vellucci. 
He does our uh, music and intros and all that fun stuff. The Looch. And uh, his Instagram is at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. And he also does a show called Suburban Proctologist, which has not returned to the airwaves yet, but we are working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow that on Treasure Town. Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist official or Instagram at subproctpodcast. Uh, Mike Matola, who does our logos. I love you, Mike. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Mike Matola. He's going to be on. He does incredible stuff. He's going to be on at the end of weeks. this month. Yep. Hell yeah. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Are you going to be on that episode? <laughs> at the moment. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good. I think so. You should meet that guy. <laughs> That's a busy weekend. Is it? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, it's a busy weekend. Um, so if you'd like to get involved, you can uh, go to our, you can contact us through our Twitter or our Instagram or our Facebook, all fake nerd podcast or fake nerd guys at gmail.com. Uh, you can also talk to us individually. Ben, where can they find you? Ben Mac 27 on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Ryan? I'm at BT McClure. No you're, no, you're not. That's Brandon. Is it? Is it BT McClure? Uh, I don't know. It's not here. BT McClure. I'm DJ Tony Snark at everything. Yeah, you are. Uh, I'm Sparks Witty. You can find me on Instagram, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, rate and review wherever you get us. And uh, I guess until next week, guys, when we return with Brandon, stay fake, nerds. I want pictures of Spider-Man! Both.